Sup, ladies and gentlemen, Aklon here, and as always, welcome back to the Frozen Sodium Throne. As always, joined by Rurikon. Mr. Rurikon, how you doing, bro? I'm not doing great, as most people will be able to tell by my voice. Hopefully the voice <laughs> will last throughout the podcast. I've been voiceless for the last four days or so, but uh, we're going to soldier on through. You guys are going to get the full ASMR Rurikon experience today. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, yeah, Rurikon had the, uh, he made a choice to have children, and uh, that's what children do. They make you sick. <laughs> I, on the other hand, interact with no human beings, so I get sick very rarely, which is great. Um, <laughs> it's so true, though. When children go to school, they basically become human Petri dishes. This is what happens. <laughs> well, you know, your immune system gets stronger the more you get sick, so, uh, you know, just see this as the, a workout for the immune system. Yes. Um, <laughs> unless, of course, you get one of those diseases that kill you, in which case, not great, but other than that, it's perfectly fine. I'd rather stay alive. Thank you very much. I very much enjoy oh, living. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. We, it's, it's a lighter show today, I think yeah. is fair to say. Not much is happening in the world of, well, basically anything. Uh, Blizzard has always had some issues. Um, Overwatch have been, from what I can gather, it's been a nightmarish launch uh, for Overwatch. I don't even think we have a lot of WoW stuff. Apart from some Mythic Plus shenanigans that's going uh, on, there, we, we'll we'll talk mostly about like loot item levels because that's kind of like the main thing being mm. discussed around Mythic Plus right now, which I think is an interesting okay. topic. But yeah, um, that's always interesting. There, there is one thing happening in MMOs that I thought was um, was an interesting confluence of events, which is okay. so a while ago we had the September update for New World. And at yeah. the end of that update, they didn't reveal when the next patch was going to come, which is going to come with a lot of new content. Yeah. However, a couple of days later, they did. They announced, oh, it's coming out on the 18th of October. Then this Saturday, we had a live stream from Final Fantasy uh -huh. 14, which was like a 14-hour live stream with a lot of things. And they also talked about the next patch, which is also coming on the 18th mm -hmm. of October. And if Whoa. we take into consideration that the the release date for World of Warcraft Dragonflight is on the 26th, right? Was it 26th, 28th? I forget. 28th November, I think? 28th of November. It's something like that. It's, it's around the end of November, right? And yeah. there was a leak that pointed out that, okay, this is when it's going to happen, and then the pre-patch is going to be on the 25th of October. So it's like October is just like, here's some new world Busy. content. Here's some Final Fantasy 14 content. And here's some World of Warcraft content. It's like, bro, why everything at <laughs> once? Why can't but you space this out? Because they're all competing. Because they're all competing. And I would not be surprised. Although, no, I don't think pre-patch will be on the 18th. No. Uh, pre-patch isn't big enough to really early. compete. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're probably gonna do pre-patch on the like it's always a month before, so probably the twenty-eighth uh is when you can look for pre-patch. Uh for me though, on the eighteenth, I will be playing Senuous uh Sacrifice, Hellblade. Um No, not Senuous, sorry, excuse me. I'm I'm gonna be playing Plague's I was like, Tale. Directly. I was like, how are you playing what what is this special event that requires you to replay the game? I'm very confused. Yeah, sorry, no, I'm playing uh Plague's Tale Requiem, which mm. is launching on the 18th of October. I love the first one, so I will absolutely be playing the second one. Uh, and then maybe, maybe 
I'll go back to Final Fantasy or try out New World. I don't know. Uh, these days, I'm pretty into like Factorio and shit like that. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just harvesting planets for all their fucking resources like a proper capitalist. So uh, that's what I'm doing these days <laughs> actually, in my video gaming things. I actually played a little bit of uh, Elite Dangerous the other day. Dude, I miss that game. I really do. I, I don't think I've ever played that. See that it's it's a, it's a very neat um space um it's a space sim so you kind of like have to be very technical as to how you fly the ship but fundamentally it's a sandbox game so you just go around and you do whatever the hell you want it just feels good okay. to fly I love controlling yeah. the ship feels very good Okay well I I don't know if I'll ever play that but you know I mean I'm all I'm all for space shit but anyways you know uh October is always when things get busy. It's going to be even worse uh, come November. November, December is usually when things are really fucking empty. Uh, November is like the last hurrah. So I'm assuming for the rest of the year, we're going to have a lot to talk about. There's going to be so much happening, Um, especially considering everything that's coming and everything that that is on the horizon already. so yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. There is something that I wanted to sort of discuss, um, which isn't really something that's happening in the gaming world, but it is something that I've been thinking about quite a lot, and that is Dragonflight. Okay, we know that Dragonflight is coming. We obviously we both play WoW. Uh, I mean, not right what? now. We have played yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, I I I would say as an MMOer. Uh-huh. I, I am a WoW player, right? WoW is my main MMO. It's always been my main MMO. And I don't think any other MMO will ever replace it. But I, my question to you is, what are you... Are you looking forward to Dragonflight? Like, is there... Like, just straight up, what are you looking forward to if you're looking forward to it? I'm looking forward to Dragonflight. I've, I've said this multiple times, but... I think it's also incredibly irresponsible of me to show any kind of hype or anything like that because that inevitably converts people to go ahead and jump into it. And I don't feel like Blizzard deserve that at this point. I don't think that people should just jump in. It's like, look, there's people that are going to play it no matter what. Those people already know they're going to play it. Yeah. But I don't want people from my audience to be influenced by me to just be like, oh yeah, let's let's all go. It's dragon flight time. Let's go. So it's like in a way, I'm yeah. a little bit hyped for it due to the fact that we're getting the talent trees back. Doesn't appear mm-hmm. to be any form of borrowed power. So in a way, this is going to be as close to Wrath of the Lich King as we've been yeah. for like a good long while. Yes. Uh, it's also like a, supposedly, according to what we've been told, and even from people that have experienced the beta, kind of like a return to Azeroth in a way. Because it's not uh, about like grand cosmic nonsense and the Mm -hmm. developers themselves have expressed that this is going to be the case. Which is kind of like what I want to go. I want to go back to like that experience that I've had previously. And I want to see if the game can still pull me back. And I miss playing my dwarf. It's it's just that simple. I miss playing my dwarf. Most of other MMOs unfortunately don't have dwarves. Which is extremely Mm -hmm. frustrating. Like, you go to yep. Guild Wars 2, no dwarves. Go to Final Fantasy 14, no dwarves. Go to New World, no dwarves. There's no dwarves anywhere. I just want dwarves, I mean, man. 
to be honest, that, uh, dwarves kind of suck, so it does make sense, you know. The, I wouldn't make a game with dwarves either. It just makes sense. I'm ending this um, podcast right now. I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, and so in a way, am I excited to go back? I mean, yeah, I'm, I do miss playing World of Warcraft. And um, mm. it's just one thing that I'm very cautious about because I don't want my community to be influenced by me to just jump into the yeah. game again. Like, after I've played it for a couple of months, I get to the end game, mm -hmm. then I can start, like, thinking about, okay, can I actually tell people that this is something... You know, as Blizzard actually changed in terms of like what they're delivering with World of Warcraft, but that only yeah. comes through me playing like an extensive amount of hours and figuring it out. Yeah, I would. I would probably argue similarly, although I will say, um, I don't really give a fuck how I influence my audience. Um, if my audience is stupid enough to like make their decision based purely on what I think then they fucking deserve to lose their money as far as I'm concerned. I have said before and I fucking continue to say it, I'm a fucking idiot online. I should not be how you make your decisions. Um, for me though, I, I, I agree more with your argument that Blizzard doesn't deserve uh, the praise, at least not right now. That, that part I do agree with. Um, but I can't help being hyped because we're finally getting an expansion that, at least from a design philosophy standpoint, is much closer to the days of Wrath uh, and TBC than it is to Shadowlands and BFA and even Legion, um, where, you know, Legion is sort of where all of the bad stuff started, even though Legion was fine. It's kind of like that argument. Uh, I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. Um, when you look at Wrath of the Lich King in a bubble, you think, Wow, what a good expansion. And yes, great expansion. But when you look at Wrath of the Lich King and you look at what followed, in many ways, a lot of the bad decisions that would ultimately lead to a horrible experience in WoW started in Wrath. You yes. know, that's where the dungeon finder started. That was also the earliest days that would eventually, uh, that system would turn into raid finder and all the rest of it. You know, that's really where a lot of those bad ideas kicked off you know the removal of 10 man 25 man into being a single tier right at the end of wrath of the lich king uh it's sort of where all of the bad decisions started but because wrath of the lich king was really solid it could carry um you know it could carry all of those initial bad decisions and legion is very much the same because legion was a pretty solid expansion it carried a lot of the bad ideas that bfa and shadowlands eventually couldn't cover or carry. So I'm really looking forward to that throwback to the early days of World of Warcraft. You know, that idea of this is the world, go and explore it, find stuff to, to do. And I, I really think that's what Blizzard is wanting to do here. They want you to go out and explore. Now, of course, people are going to ruin it for themselves with add-ons because I already saw that there are add-ons that will tell you exactly where everything is that you need to discover in the world, which is kind of like, well... <laughs> That's it's so like incredibly disappointing. It's so incredibly disappointing. Yeah. Of course it is. But that's because the reason this is, uh, is disappointing, it's like playing Witcher 3 with a playthrough on like the second monitor, right? It, the whole point of the game is exploration and discovery. Actually, the best way to put it, it would be like playing Elden Ring or Dark Souls 
with a playthrough guide on your second monitor. The entire point of those games is exploration. It's adventuring. It's coming up to a boss, getting your ass handed to, a, to you, trying it multiple times and realizing, wait, I don't think I'm ready to take this boss. I'm going to have to go explore a little, find some stuff that can probably help me take care of this fucking asshole. Uh, if you just have a playthrough guide, you're sort of bypassing yeah. X amount of the game that and was supposed no, to be played there. There's no organic discovery if you just have a guide either. You're not really discovering yeah. things organically. You're just going through the motions, which I think yeah. is one of the reasons why a lot of people are burned out on World of Warcraft is because this is how they consume the game, right? They put Netflix on one yeah. monitor and then they just like burn through levels and whatnot. I do think that there is a point at which you reach an MMO mm -hmm. where it can become really yeah. cool to have like, okay, I put Netflix on here and then I just like mm -hmm. zone out and do a bunch of like oh yeah stuff in here. Like for instance, yes. 14 has a zone Eureka. It's very good for that. You just go in there, just zone mm -hmm. out and you just have something else in the background, whatever. And I think that's fine. Yeah. But I think that when you are starting the expansion, if that's the way that you start, I think you're missing out on yeah. so much. Like again, I agree with you. You, you, you look at, Whenever you step foot into the first zone, I know that for you it was the Borean Tundra, for me it was the Howling Fjord. Whenever you step yeah. foot into the first zone of Wrath of the Lich King, and you're just like blown away and immersed by what is happening, and just you take your time. Because at the time, add ons were not as prevalent. Like, sure, you had DBM and a couple of more things, but like add ons to help you questing, I felt was, weren't nearly as prevalent. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. That's just the way you that had, I played the game. I mean, you they, had Quest Helper. Yeah, they right, existed, but, but not that many people use them, I feel like, as they do yeah. now, where now that's like the norm. Everybody just goes and installs it, boom, done. Yeah. I, I feel like I had Quest Helper back in the days of Wrath. And playing or, or thinking about... Being. That's the thing. Thinking back now, I shouldn't have had it. Because Quest Helper back in the day, it wouldn't do anything. Like, you would still have to do the quest, and you, you, it didn't skip jack shit for you. The only thing it would do is it would give you a sort of um, general area on the map where you could find the quest, right? Or where you could complete the quest. And it was usually very general. So sometimes it would say this is exactly where, but a lot of the time it would sort of be, say, for example, a mob that's roaming. So it will just give you the entire area that that mob is roaming in. You still have to actually run there and look for the mob. Uh, to actually take it down. Uh, and then you could have something like NPC scanner, which would actually make it easier because you just run into the area and it scans and it tells you where the NPC is. Um, so those add-ons existed. You're right, they weren't as prevalent. But someone like me, I had, I've always had a love for add-ons, uh, which at some point did eventually become detrimental to my gaming experience because you don't realize it immediately. But if you skip, most of the quests uh, these days, quest helpers are incredibly advanced because you get quest helpers that skip all of the dialogue. It picks up the quest automatically. It hands in the quests automatically. You can even tell it to choose the reward for you, right? So you don't have to do jack shit. You click on an NPC, it picks up all of its quests within a second, hands in all of the quests within a second. Easy does it. You don't even have to worry. It then gives you a line on your screen with an arrow that shows you exactly where to go. You do it, tells you what to do. You do it, you come back, done, dusted. You remove, let's say that questing is 5% of the game. That's still 5% of the game that you've completely removed from the game. 
You're no longer doing that 5%. Someone is doing it for you. You're just holding the mouse. Um, and I feel like that also adds to why people get to max level. And then they sort of burn out. Because they didn't take their time reading the quests and discovering the story of the game. So when they get to max level, max level now has to carry everything. Because the world has no mystery. Because most people don't know what the fucking story is. And I feel like story is an incredibly important part of why people keep going back. So why do people keep logging into Final Fantasy XIV? It's not always for its endgame end loops, because in terms of endgame loops, I would say Final Fantasy isn't as strong. It's not the strongest endgame uh, MMO out there. People keep going back because the story gave them a reason to care. And that makes the endgame stuff miraculous because there's a reason to care. This is why every single person that have paid to skip the, the questing and the leveling experience quit very quickly because they're not immersed in the world. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about anything I'm doing here because yeah, exactly. I don't know what I'm doing here. But I don't not, know why I'm here. Not just that, like you also have examples that um, 14. I feel like, unlike World of Warcraft, does a good job of teaching you how to raid. If you play yeah. through the game, you actually learn mm -hmm. how raids work, and then you can go into normal raids and you can do fine. The problem yeah. is that if you don't learn how to raid, and then you jump into a raid, like if you skip and then you just jump into the raid, you're not going to have yeah. any idea how the telegraphs work, or the simple mm -hmm. fact that like you know stuff hits you when the orange disappears. So if you're still in the yeah. orange when the orange disappears, you're going to get hit. And a lot of people yes. don't understand that, so they wait until the orange disappears. They're like, okay, now the attack is coming. It's like, no, you're already Yeah, you're dead. already hit. Yeah, because <laughs> it. it snapshots yeah, your movements. It, it snapshots. And, and it's like, yeah. I, I don't think that Final Fantasy XIV is as bad in terms of endgame as you say. What I think is that in fourteen the objectives are much more achievable than they usually are in other MMOs. Mm -hmm. So people yeah. are able to achieve their objectives and stop which I think yeah, is well, much healthier than like stringing people along with a carrot for like years and yeah. years and years. But what I would say, when I say in-game, uh, I'm talking about for World of Warcraft, let's just take World of Warcraft as an example here. Yeah. PvP, it has an incredible PvP community. They get shit on, honestly, all the time, but they, they have, it's a good PvP community. Uh, Mythic Plus is another system that World of Warcraft has that a lot of people love to engage with. Uh, Raiding, another system that people love to engage with. Even its world quest system can sometimes be rather not bad. It would be better. It can always be better. But, you know, it's not the worst. Final Fantasy, on the other hand, I would say its rating is really cool. Is its rating on the level of World of Warcraft? I've heard conflicting reports there. Yes. Uh, a, lo a lot of people believe here's, no. Some people believe yes. Here's the, here's the thing. I'll tell you exactly what World of Warcraft has on 14 mm -hmm. when it comes to rating. Yeah. World of Warcraft has more immersive rating dungeons, right? Because like rating yeah. in World of Warcraft is a dungeon. And that is very yeah. immersive. You go in there, you're in the evil lair, and you're defeating the bad guys and Boom. Incredibly yeah. immersive. Final Fantasy fourteen. you hit a button, it's like, boom, here's the boss, let's go. So yeah. it's like, more convenient, less immersive. That yes. would be the argument. I, I can see that. And that, in my that, opinion, yeah. is the only advantage that World of Warcraft has.
because the raids on 14, in my opinion, are way better. As someone that has raided in both games, it's not even comparable. Much more satisfying because, See, again, I, you don't need DBM. Everything is communicated yeah, to yeah. you through the systems that have been built upon, and you can usually figure stuff out. Yeah. You see, this is where, again, it's conflicting reports because yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard some people make the same claims you do. I've heard people make the opposite claims, saying, you know, Final Fantasy's rating is fine, but World of Warcraft is so much better. Uh, mainly because a lot of people believe World of Warcraft's mythic, specifically, is more hardcore and a lot more of a challenge of skill, which, you know, this would really depend on a person-to-person basis. I think it would also people, on an encounter-to-encounter basis. Yeah, obviously. But for some people, the sort of... So some people will find it very difficult to deal with the, let's call it a waltz that Final Fantasy does, because every single one of its bosses is basically a dance routine that you learn. And once you have the dance routine down, you can do it. For other people, that would be rather easy, right? They're, they're going to catch, catch on to the exact routine, and then they're just going to do it, and it's going to be fine. I mean, World of Warcraft is sometimes a lot more chaotic, a lot more in the moment. You have to make decisions because things can happen out of order and you can have overlapping fucking phases and can be a, a bonkers experience for everyone. And some people are going to find that easier because they adapt easier to just in the moment play style. And, you know, other people are going to find that very fucking difficult. So I think it, it boils down to a very personalized experience for everyone. But the point I was trying to make is... In World of Warcraft, it's become so bog standard the norm. You skip the leveling experience, because who gives a fuck about the questing experience in World of Warcraft? You get to max level, and then you just start mindlessly farming everything that the game has to offer. And nowadays, you don't even need multiple add-ons for that, because the very add-on that allowed you to skip all of the questing experience will also allow you to just mindlessly farm everything, because it gives you an arrow to every single thing that you need to do on the map. So for example, I have, I can't remember what my add-on was called, but uh, I had an add-on installed in Shadowlands where if I enter a zone, it opens an arrow immediately on my screen. And if I follow the arrow, it takes me to all of the world quests in order of closeness to each other so I can complete them as quickly as possible, right? Uh, and then you could go into the add-on settings and say, well, okay, I want these resources to be prioritized. So take me to all the world quests that have these resources first. And then it would actually tell you where other world quests are that have that exact same resource on all of the zones. So if you just wanted that resource, you just follow the log and it's going to take you to everything. So you just mindlessly play the whole game through and it does such a disservice to the developers that spend a lot of fucking time and effort Designing the mobs, designing the world. I mean, putting the footpaths in, uh, making story out of all of those things. You know, in the, in the Shadowlands, I'm not sure if it did people a disservice or an actual service. <laughs> I mean, I would be honest with you. The reason I think the developers of WoW stopped caring as much about adding those stories is because people stopped focusing on it. So it, it, why would you waste resources on something that most people are just going to skip through? Yeah. From a business standpoint, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, so which, it which is, explains a lot yeah. of the experiences that I had in Shadowlands where I was actually trying yeah. to read the quests and they were fucking pointless. Most of the time, it's just like a bunch of drivel. And then it's like, oh, and here's 
go kill 10 boars. And I'm just like, yeah. why am I reading all this? There, there's not even anything relevant to the story in a lot of the quests that I was reading. It's just drivel. Exactly. They gave me to go kill 10 yeah. boars. And then I returned with 10 boars and like, thank you. Now go here. And it's like, yeah, it, it, it was weird. And, and I understand why they do it because people skip it. So yeah, it's kind of that self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. You know, it's the players aren't really focusing on the quest. So we're going to stop spending as much time on the quest. So the players focus less on the quest. So we're going to stop spending as much time on the quest and so on and so forth until and eventually you get to a place where there's no quest text. It's just pick up the quest, kill 10 things, get fucking done, get a cutscene. But this leads me into another thing that we didn't plan, and this is, I do apologize, Rurikon. Actually, I, Don't I apologize. apologize to the viewers. No, you shouldn't because, apologize. Guys, we have lists of things that we <laughs> want to discuss, and then this starts, and we go completely off the fucking rails and start talking about something this that wasn't even on it. the fucking list. This is the way but to I, do it. But I, I thought about this. You know who Greg Street is? Yes, Ghostcrawler. All right, Ghostcrawler, the guy that is currently working on the new MO for Riot, for all of the viewers that may not know. Uh, used to work at Blizzard Entertainment, used to be one of the developers working on World of Warcraft, left for think, Riot, and um, now... I don't think Ghostcrawler yeah. liked Warriors. Warriors always had a bad time in the Greg, Greg <laughs> Ghostcrawler's yeah, reign. The funny thing, I just, in his defense, I want to say something here. Greg Street, I can't remember what his position was at Blizzard, but it had nothing to do with player balance, right? He had nothing. He literally didn't even work on the player balance team. Um, but he was the was only one talking about it, right? He was the only guy talking to the community, not just talking about that. Like, he was the only guy who ever spoke to the community about anything, right? So whenever anything was wrong in World of Warcraft, People would just attack him with it. Oh my yeah, god, it's, like, he it's Greg's hates it. fault. <laughs> yeah, you know, he fucking hates it. <laughs> and it's sort of like, dude, he doesn't even work on that shit, right? Um, but he would he was still a reply designer. to it. He would still reply to it, though, which was a cool thing. Yeah, I mean, he always replied, and he would always take uh, take it to the relevant department. So if people were complaining about something, he would go to that department and be like, "Hey guys, so people are really fucking mad." But heard about this, that, or the other. So he's a really cool guy. Uh, but he's currently the the lead developer, or the, like the lead on the Riot MMO that's coming. Listen to this, and this is this really gives me a fucking semi when I think about shit like this, and knowing that they think about shit like this. So Greg Street tweets out. He says, "Some of my favorite meetings are, okay, what do these people eat? What are their crops? What do they trade across borders?" How fantastic versus grounded do we want to be here? Dude, the level of world building that goes into this game is gonna be fucking insane. And I know for a lot of viewers, that doesn't make sense. There's a lot of people that's probably listening to that and going, dude, why the fuck does that even matter? It matters so it much. Yeah, because it builds cultures. But and now you have different areas the on the game that informs different reasons for being there. If you've if all you've played is World of Warcraft, I think mm -hmm. that a lot of people like World of Warcraft has done that in previous expansions as well. Pay attention to the this type yeah. of detail. I would argue that in later expansions, not nearly as much. It's just like much more generic. Yeah. But I think that even though they did do that, there was never really like a call to attention for any of it. It was just like there. 
Yeah. And I think that a lot of World of Warcraft players are not used to that level of detail and they can't appreciate what that level of detail brings to the table. But as someone yeah. who's played through the entirety of the story of 14 and you get to see the callbacks of characters that you're like, wait, I thought we're done with that character. What's he doing back here? And then you put their head and it's like, wait, him again? What's going on? Like, this is wild, yeah, right? Yeah. And it yeah. all makes sense because it's like, no, this is a lived-in world. This is a major character. So every yeah. now and then he's going to show up and it's going to be important to deal with this character and there will be exactly. consequences and whatnot. And again, those levels of detail for people that haven't really experienced like a really good story in an MMO, it's hard to comprehend why they're so important and why it's like, yeah. at l until they massively mess up, I'm always going to play the next Final Fantasy XIV expansion. Always. They have yeah. to really mess it up for me to not play it because I want to see where the story goes. Because their storytelling yeah. is beyond amazing. Yeah. I think it also, it's not something that's going to be important for everyone. Mm -hmm. But for those of us that do find things like that important, it is very important. You know, and, and it's something that I hate about World of Warcraft, and I hate is a very strong word here. It's just, when you ask me, what do dwarves eat? What do they drink that is different to anyone else? What is their culture like? A lot of that is inferred. Like, we can make inferences here, and we can sort of guess, and we can speculate, but we don't really have concrete evidence of that. Like, that's never been something that's really been, like, truly explored within World of Warcraft. So, for example, we know that the dwarves kind of view the titans as gods. We know that, right? But we know that by inference most of the time. We've never actually... We've never had a deep dive into the religiosity of dwarves. Do all of them believe the Titans are gods? Do only some of them believe? Are there some of them that believe completely different things? What exactly is the culture, the underlying culture of these different species? The Naga, for example, introduced as this, you know, really bad group of people in World of Warcraft. But small things like what do they eat? Do they eat fish? Don't they eat fish? What do they do? How do they consummate? Do they get married? Are they more polygamous in nature? Where do their children come from? Do they even have children? You know, all of these things are things that's important when it comes to world building. Um, it, it's, it becomes important, and the reason it is so important for storytelling is from that, you can create incredible storylines yep. that you would never have thought about until you thought about the underlying culture of these beings. Uh, a simple, simple, stupid example of this would be, let's imagine that Naga cannot have children, right? Part of the gift of the old god made them immortal, but at the expense of never being able to have children again. So maybe there's a quest now, you know, because the Naga are consistently involved in war and warfare, their numbers are dwindling. So you get a quest to help a Naga faction find a way to have children again, or whatever the case may be, right? It's, it's a quest that you wouldn't think about unless you have that backstory. It's so funny that you, that you bring up the, the food thing specifically, because mm -hmm. that is something that is very specifically talked about in 14, about how there's this um, society of scholars that exists, mm -hmm. 
And eventually yeah. in Endwalker, you get to go to their city, which I'm not going to give any more details. doesn't matter. But yeah. before you go there, they teach you about this recipe that this culture of people like to eat. And it's basically uh, a loaf of bread that has no flavor. It's just a terribly tasting loaf of bread. It's terrible. It's stale. But it has a bunch of nutrients. It is very good for you. It is excellent in terms of like, you know, if you just want to survive and be, not mm-hmm. just survive, but even thrive, but like yeah. not have to worry about, oh, I have to think about, do I need salad today? Do I eat meat today? It's like, no, that bread will give you we'll everything, everything you. you need for everything that you could possibly imagine, but it tastes like ass. Actually, it doesn't yeah. even taste like anything. It's just like tasteless, right? Yeah. And so- that is because this society, like they're too focused on their studies. They don't have time to like, oh, I got to figure out what I have to eat. They don't have time for that. They're like, no, I got to yeah. study. I got to figure this mystery out. Got to understand what's going on here. Got to solve this problem. So they just give you that piece of bread and that's all they eat. Yeah. Let's see how that kind of like dictates the image that you form of the society by something as simple as like, here's what they eat. And this is all before they eat nothing else. Before you even started explaining why the bread, as soon as you explained what the bread is, that was the first image that came to my mind. This is a society that views good food as an interference. So if you if you make muffins, right, and it's bacon muffins, you're gonna think about those bacon muffins, and you're not gonna be able to sort of highlight your mind and push your mind into your studies. Whereas we've completely given up the need or the the like of good food so that we can focus primarily on what is important, which is our studies. Um, so priorities, right? It immediately informs me of the kind of culture that we're dealing with, the kind of people that we're dealing with here in something as simple as food, because in many ways, yep. and I that's why Greg's tweet was so incredible to me, if you look at early human civilization, much of what we did, much of how we sort of uh, positioned ourselves in the world came from what we eat. Uh, this is why most uh, European cities were close to water sources, because that would be first and foremost a source of water. But then also in Europe, specifically in the winter, what food are you going to get a lot of? Well, fish kind of the only thing you're going to get it, uh, get out of uh, the earth. It's fucking cold. It's icy. You're not going to go very long hunting. So fish, probably the easiest way to get it. So it sort of informs so much about a culture if you, you know, if you know what they're going to eat at least. Uh, I mean, as Greg said, do they grow it themselves or do they import or export a lot of what they do? Because that now starts to inform the relationship between them and their neighbors, you know? And what do the neighbors look like based on those imports and exports? Dude, the fact that they're thinking about it, and I know for a fact that World of Warcraft thinks about it as well, because I've spoken to one of the Blizzard historians before, and they have notes and textbooks just filled with, like, backstory. They just never release it to the community. Because they don't think um, it's important. Yeah, I think the problem is until you figure out that it is important and you make quests that show people why it's important, 
your community is not going to think that it's important either. Like you were talking about yeah. who cares about dwarves and all of this stuff. But imagine like a cutscene where you're in a dwarven hall and you're served like yeah. a proper dwarven banquet. Like that can yeah. have just so many different feelings for some, like some people just skip it because they're like, I don't care about this. Who cares? But like yeah. I say, dwarves, I can also say orcs. Like you're like mm. in an orc, big hut, whatever it is you people do. <laughs> just like, <laughs> and it's just like a bunch of raw meat because you eat like savages and it was, and just like yeah. drinking something that looks like tar or whatever. But it's like, hey, I mean, it's the culture. But yeah, that's exactly it, right? Uh, seeing a, not even necessarily a cutscene, but what if you get a quest that that you have to help a chef prepare uh, the meal for an incredible banquet see, in in Ironforge, right? I think so. You you learn. Sorry, I mean just yeah, yeah. you learn first and foremost the ingredients that go into it. You help the chef make the things, but then you have to attain this banquet as well, and so you have to learn some traditional dwarf dance, and they teach you where this dance comes from and what this dance represents. That comes with history. That comes with an informative section of, of dwarven culture. And then they teach you how do you approach a dwarven female uh, at this banquet to ask her for a dance. And that approaches or opens up even more historical sort of backstory that fills up the dwarves. For a lot of people, that's a complete waste of time. Yeah, They don't want to do it, right? But for some, for many actually, that is important. Like, that's stuff they want to know. Think of it in a different way, right? So we're going into Dragonflight. I don't know which heroes are going to accompany us. I'm sure there'll be some heroes from Warcraft lore, either Jaina or uh, what's his name, the kid, Anduin, or whatever. Yeah. So somebody's going to accompany us there, right? Yeah. I actually know Brand. Brand Bronzebeard's going to go for sure, right? I'm pretty sure he will. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Brand Bronzebeard's my boy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so it's like you get some... Um, dwarf uh, some dwarf you get some uh warcraft heroes that go with you on the expedition to the dragon isles so imagine yeah. this scenario you go on a quest that is actually a scenario because you know we have seen scenarios where you get to have the mm -hmm. heroes with you and you all go into battle and all of this and imagine there's a long grueling quest i don't know let's say like the quest line would take five hours or something like that right yeah because in five hours unless you're speed running you're not going to be max level but like, like no. you do five hours of a really tough time. Like imagine even the, I think the start of, is it Warlords of Draenor when you're running around with Khadgar and you're doing all of these things? It's Warlords of Draenor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're running yeah, around with Khadgar and you're fighting all of the Iron Horde and all of this stuff, right? And then imagine yeah. that you get like an intermission where you've achieved a minor victory. The battle is not won, but you've achieved a minor victory or maybe you've even mm -hmm. achieved a minor loss. You've lost, but you're now regrouping. And you have, yeah. just imagine this, a cutscene where it's just you and the character. Because this is the type of story that Blizzard is working on right now, right? They're working mm -hmm. towards the, the player being the hero very much the same way that Final Fantasy XIV does it. Which is something yeah. that you and I have said, you shouldn't go this way, but they're going this way. Mm -hmm. So whatever. So there's you, yeah. there's the Azeroth heroes, all of this stuff. And you've just been through a lot and you either experienced a minor victory or a minor loss. And you're regrouping. Yeah. And there's a cutscene with your character and the heroes, and you're all just like at a banquet, just sitting down, eating, and talking about your adventures. How meaningful is that? Like a moment where it's just like, no, stop. Yeah. Let's talk about the characters as opposed to 
you know, the conflict, all of this. Let's get down to the character level. Because if this is the type of story they want to tell, this is one of the things that you got to do. Because right now I have yeah. no relationship with Jaina and Wynn, despite the fact that I've been on many adventures with all of them. But there's no yeah. relationship there. And it's like, mm. I don't think that Blizzard has to create that relationship. But if they don't, they have to not also not try to make each player be the hero of the quest. They're trying to yeah. make each player be the hero of the quest. In that case, you need more character development. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what do you think you. about the? What do you think about that banquet cutscene? Like, how would you feel about that? Just like a a, a quest, a, a cutscene where it's just like you and the heroes, and you're all just like eating and shooting the shit, and nothing else. I would I would love it because again, it builds world, and I am a world building fanatic. Uh, it's something I fucking love. It's why I tweeted, retweeted Ghostcrawler, and said, if this is the level of world building they're thinking of, I cannot help but be fucking hyped because it it shows they're thinking about the important things in this world um so yeah i'm 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 all for that because i think it also creates a lasting sort of bond between players and the world uh there is a reason why world of warcraft's height was wrath there's a reason why the height of world of warcraft was wrath because Wrath was the final time that players had an intimate relationship with the world around them, you know? And in Wrath, Blizzard actually did a good job with the Tuscar that was introduced of showing you a little bit about their culture, you know? Teaching you a little bit about how they do things and how they operate and, and sort of the back end of, of what that culture is. So they really spent a lot of time building out that world and ensuring that players got a, a more inside view of what this world actually what what all of these different races on northrend what what their lives are like uh, and for a lot of people that is something that sticks with them that's something that stays with them compare that to things that we got in bfa shadowlands even you know some of the new things that we got introduced to there um it's definitely not as as well thought out it doesn't seem like enough time was spent teaching players uh, about the different cultures that exist uh, yeah. in the Shadowlands. And I'm not talking necessarily just about the Covenants, but even uh, like the Mushroom people, right? That Mushroom guy uh, in, in Ardenweald. What about their culture? What, what about their way of living? Because he's got, uh, what's his name? Erasmus, I think is his name. Um, Erasmus got a pretty big part in the, in the lore, right? He does actually say a number of things that's kind of like, whoa, what? Right, but so little about him and his people are known, uh, and that's stuff that I would have loved to see Blizzard dive into a little bit more and and explore a little bit more. And I realize it's not for everyone, but it is something that I want. But it's know? like so, I think that that is the problem with not just letting players experience the quest lines of all covenants simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no Definitely. reason. There's no reason why I couldn't be like, say, uh, the Undead Covenant, whatever it was, and still do quests for Bastion. There's no reason for that. No. But whatever. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I just I just wanted to take us on a on a bit of a fucking sidetrack there. So <laughs> I think uh, there's a, a number of topics that we have to discuss today. So what, what is the first? While we're on the topic of uh, World of Warcraft, we should talk about the loot, uh, the 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 item levels of loot, because this is a discussion that uh -huh. people have been having. 
uh, over the fact that, you know, Blizzard has been talking a lot about Mythic Plus and the item levels that you can get from Mythic Plus, and people are comparing that to the item levels that yeah. you can get from raiding. Uh, mm -hmm. There's even been people, including Asmongold, I believe, who say that if you remove the gear reward from raiding, nobody's going to do it, which I don't uh -huh. think that's the right way to look at it, because, like, if you look, for instance, at the Ultimates in Final Fantasy XIV, there's a cosmetic reward, but there's no actually item level reward. At least I don't think that those yeah. weapons are particularly useful from an item level standpoint. So it's like, who cares? People do it for the cosmetic. I think it's important that there should be cosmetic rewards. Particularly, like, I think you also yeah. said that Mythic should only have cosmetic rewards, right? It was you mm -hmm. that said that? Yeah. So I think that that would be the way to go. Mythic mm -hmm. rating should only have cosmetic item level rewards. It's mostly like... a aspirational content it's for the people that really want to go in for the challenge because fundamentally what always ends up happening is people covet the item level upgrades that you can get from mythic rating despite the yeah. fact that you don't need them for anything because you don't do that yeah. content there there's a ton of people that want really high item levels for the sake of just having the the more powerful item yeah i've played Final Fantasy XIV for a long period of time without engaging in Savage content. And I was never thinking about, oh man, I wish I could go do Savage just to get the gear. It's like, well, what's the point? I'm not going to need yeah. it. I can do everything that I want to do with the gear that I currently have. Why do yeah. I need the Savage gear? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And there's something that always confuses me because again, I think that right now Blizzard is saying that on a certain plus, I don't know if it's plus 20 or something, you can get item level 421 gear or something like that. And yeah. in mythic, uh, mythic rating, you can get either 424 or 425, something like that. So yeah. people are like, well, why do people need to do mythic rating? It's a little bit weird that people are so hung up on like the atom levels of things. My biggest concern yeah. is you should be just giving more loot in mythic plus period. I don't care how high it goes. I mean, sure. It needs to go high up to a certain level. But I just want more of it. I want to be able to get more of that loot as opposed yeah. to you just like holding it back constantly. And I want it to come from the dungeon, not from the vault. Oh yeah, those rewards are from the vault, by the way, because just from the Mythic yeah. Plus themselves, you can only get like 415 after you upgrade it with Valor tokens or whatever. Because Mythic Plus works very differently from what it did back when I was playing the game. Yeah, yeah. So I would say this is sort of a problem that is created in another section of the game that is now presenting itself as a problem in a completely unrelated part of the game. Um, insofar as you say, for example, the people, you don't think people care about item level uh, in, like people shouldn't care about item level in World of Warcraft because people don't care about uh, item level really in Final Fantasy uh, and Mythic should only no, 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 have... No. That, that's not what I said. What I said is... People shouldn't care about item level if they're not doing the highest level content. You should care about the item level that is appropriate for the content you're doing. You shouldn't yeah. care about... It's like, if you're a heroic raider, you shouldn't uh -huh. care about mythic level gear. Yeah. Okay? yeah it's like, but get the gear that you can get for your heroic level rating. And sure, mythic level gear will make it easier. But at the uh -huh. same time, the game should be balanced around you being able to complete the content that you are working on with the gear that that content rewards. Yeah. yeah, but the reason that doesn't matter 
and why that argument doesn't work, even with the new refinements on it, uh, what else are they supposed to do? World of Warcraft only has rating in Mythic Plus. If you if you tell people you only should you should only need the gear for what you do, well, that's what you do in World of Warcraft. There there's nothing else. There's no Eureka. There's no uh, Boja. There's there's rating and there's Mythic Plus. So that's why I said it's a problem that actually presents itself in a different portion of the game, but it's it's created in the rating portion of the game because that's the only portion that it can be created in. There isn't anything on the outside of that sphere for people to do. And so for people, the argument is sort of, give me more item level so that I can do the harder content. And I want that item level because that's what the game's about. The game is about getting gear because that's ultimately all you can really do in World of Warcraft. If you are a player that don't want the base gear in World of Warcraft, you don't really have anything else to do. What, what else are you going to do? You're going to max out your professions? All right, that's not hard. Um, and remember, people can say, oh, but things are changing in, in Dragonflight. Doesn't matter. Most people are going into Dragonflight with a mindset that is already informed by that which came before. So it is going to take a long time for people's mindset to change. I would expect uh, people's mindsets will only reset maybe during the middle part of the next expansion, and then yeah. they'll be able to go into an expansion fresh with the new mindset that has now been created. But most people are going into Dragonflight looking at the same thing as they did in Shadowlands. And in Shadowlands, if you did not raid, you didn't really do much. Like, yeah, there's people that waste their time and just do like every character every day that they can get their fucking hands on. And yes, you get people that just farm transmogs and mounts and pets and shit like that. But that is a rarity in WoW. The majority of people are looking for gear because gear is a central part of what the game is about. It's all about that gear that drops. And so if you tell players, hey, Mythic Plus and Mythic is basically going to drop the same gear, at least when it comes to Vault, for a lot of Mythic players, it's like, what the fuck? You know, this is supposed to be the best gear in the game, and now you're giving plebs that don't do our content the same level of fucking items? What the item level? What the hell's going on? And and I don't know if Mythic in World of Warcraft with the current mindset would work in that. I think it is going to hurt Mythic rating, because for a lot of people, if I can get the gear from Mythic Plus, why the hell would I waste my time in Mythic rating? And it does probably open up a, a bit of a discussion about, you know, is Blizzard actively trying to kill Mythic Raiding um, for various reasons? One of them being, while Mythic Raiding is really cool and a lot of us love it, as far as esports are concerned, it has no future whatsoever. And I know people are going to go, but what about the world first? What about the world first? I mean, the world first is fine, but it's not the moneymaker, right? It, it, it's not going to get the... It, it's not really going to get that many eyeballs. It's not ever going to be a major esports event. For various reasons, one of them being it takes too long to get raids out there. Like yeah. Mythic raids once every six months. That's not how esports are built. You need weekly, 
showdowns. You need something that can happen weekly, monthly, something to that effect, if you're going to have a thriving esports community. Mythic Plus, on the other hand, there is a kind of a fledgling community there already for esports. So it might be the Blizzard is trying to make that Especially premiere. with their changes, which are going to keep things a little bit fresher with um, yeah. different dungeons and stuff like that. And hopefully better affixes that are not just like a complete pain in the ass. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's there's something there. But that's just, it's just been a discussion. Excuse me. It's just been a discussion that's been uh, in the community for quite a bit this week that I've noticed a lot of people talking about Mythic Plus and all of this. And to yeah. be fair, I just feel like one of the problems with this is that there's so much testing done on the PTR as opposed to testing done in-house. And that's yeah. when you get a lot of people like voicing their opinions. There's going to be people talking about this like us, for instance, which, you know, I'm just going to give a very generic opinion of the whole thing about, I just think you should get the item levels for whatever content you're doing and that's that. I don't want to go yeah. much deeper than that because... I'm not in the beta. I didn't even get to play the Mythic Plus in the beta. And even if I did, I'm probably not qualified to speak too much on the item levels and all of this stuff. I'm more concerned about the classes being viable when it comes to Mythic Plus and doing Mythic rating than necessarily like, mm. oh, what item loot level, blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't even care that much about um, loot to begin with. It's like, I, like I said, yeah. I did uh, Black Temple in tier four. It's like, <laughs> I don't care doesn't matter to me yeah. is, is it working yes okay who cares who cares if i have tier five or tier four or tier one who cares is it working okay then i, I don't care so long as i yeah. can do my job i don't need more item level but people are just like no I, I need to make the number go higher number must always go higher like as yeah. a tank in 14 you're the last person to get gear because the most important thing is damage. So you need to gear your damage dealers so that we can break the, the bosses more easily. Yeah, and wow it's and wow it's the same thing. Yeah. So it's always heal it's always DPS first. And then you'll usually see if your tank is getting one shot, you'll yeah. give them a couple of pieces. If your healers are struggling, you'll give them a couple of pieces. But you want to get the DPS because the faster they can kill the boss, the less healing is required. And uh, you know, it's all good. So yeah, uh, DPS is always gonna be the most important. But people, um, but people anything. focus too much on, I feel, too much on gear as opposed to focusing on their own performance. Like, well, I would have bigger numbers if my gear number was bigger. And it's like, would you, have you worked on your rotation? Have you really, like, figured stuff out? Have you even optimized the gear? Are you just going, like, for numbers gear? Like, there's a lot of things yeah. that people can do to improve themselves before improving their gear and i feel like a lot of people in mmos in general don't tend to do that much of that self-improvement before they it's like no i just need better gear my problem is gear i just need better gear once i get better gear i'll be great but you know whatever well it's because the game is built on this idea of everything is about the reward hmm. you know it's all about rewards when gameplay is the thing that should be the reward the gear the loot the gift should be a cherry on top right it should be a gift for doing the content. Uh, whereas for a lot of people, and this is by design, the gear is the reason for doing the content. The content is not the reason for doing the content. The content simply stands between them and the gear. I can almost guarantee you, if Blizzard brought out a new minigame in Darkmoon Fair, and the minigame was as follows, and I have actual evidence to back this up. 
you hit a button, right? And then there's a spinny wheel, like a slot machine. Oh, no. If it lands on all, if all three of the slots is a piece of gear, you get this piece of gear at max level, right? That's it. And it costs, say, 100 gold per spin. You would find hundreds of thousands of players inside that mini game just oh, hitting that no. fucking button for that gear. How do I know this? Because people were spamming back in World of Trino the mission table. Because at some point, the mission table, uh, during the early parts, they eventually patched that out. But during the early parts, the mission table could actually give you really good fucking gear. And people had that shit on fucking cooldown all the time. Like people were spamming that shit, which tells you it, the gear is why we're there. Like the raids would be fucking empty. Everyone would wait for once a month. The Darkwing Fair opens up, and then I can get fully gear. Dude, so I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna just go like, there. I'm just gonna hit it. It makes me incredibly sad because fundamentally, what I always want to do is I want to see the content. And we're gonna yeah. be talking later in the podcast about a very specific topic when it comes to this whole gearing situation, because I'm gonna be talking about a game where you can get the gear in such an incredibly easy, painless way, and that is actually making me lose a lot of interest in that game. But that's, that's later in the podcast. But yeah, that, that makes me sad because fundamentally, I wanna see the content, I wanna be challenged, I wanna do the hard things, and I don't care about yeah. the gear. The problem yeah. is, because we've, we've kind of like built this culture around MMOs where everybody just cares about gear. Nobody actually wants to do the content if they can get the gear some other way. And it's just, um, it's just so wild to me that like, why would you not want to do the content? That's the best part. It was like, yeah. no, I just want to get the gear. Okay. What are you going to do when you get the gear? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to get more gear. It's like, when are you going to do the content? It's like, no, I don't want to do the content. I just want to get the gear. It's like, what the fuck yeah. is the point? It's training right it's training because it's easier uh as a developer know. would you rather spend time developing really cool engaging content or would you just make really cool engaging rewards and the content whatever well it's easier to design whatever content and spend a lot of time thinking about the cool rewards than it is to design really aggressive and engaging content with rewards being the cherry on top the one is the it, the difference is basically eight months of hard grind versus two months of mediocre grind at best. Um, that's the difference. So if you look at Final Fantasy, for example, and you look at the raids in Final Fantasy, there is one raid in Final Fantasy per expansion, and that raid launches over the course of many patches. Right. World of Warcraft has a single raid every other patch with three raids per expansion so it's quantity versus quality in the one speaking, yes you only get four bosses but those four bosses are usually very well designed and the story around them is incredibly deep yeah. wow can sometimes have a raid with 12 bosses and three or four of those bosses are memorable the others are kind of just in the way It's like, technically speaking, there's more than one raid per expansion because there's also alliance raids. Yeah, you raids, have the alliance raid as well. And there's yeah. also trials and there's also ultimates. So there's more yeah, than yeah. one raid. Just saying one raid is, but yes, there's one main yeah, but, raid, so to speak, with a big story around it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the trials is 
one boss on its own, you know, you go in there, you and your group, and you take it down. Um, and while that is very interesting, uh, a lot of that already comes with the launch of the expansion. And then I think at least up until now, there's usually three that launch right at the end. So in Heaven's Ward, for example, the final patch that takes you out to... Uh, Azizlan. I don't remember. Yeah, Azizlan. There you unlock three more yeah. uh, trials that you can do. Right? Yeah. So they have a very specific thing. But in terms of raids, if you just go overall bosses introduced in, in both of those games... Far more bosses are introduced in World of Warcraft than yeah. there are in Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, far more. Final Fantasy, all in all, has 24 bosses from the raids, Alliance, and Normal. Uh, uh, I mean, um, what is it? Mostly, yeah. yeah, like yeah. 24 from those, and then you have... You have a couple of trials which depend on each expansion, like either three, four, five, I don't know. It depends yeah, on the expansion. Okay. So let's say there's about 30 bosses. Well, WoW beats that just in its raids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. in its raid releases, it has more bosses. But again, boil those bosses down, go to each individual raid, and really judge each of those bosses on its own, and you'll realize that player sentiment towards most of the bosses were really not great. Like, most people hated most of the bosses in there, most of the bosses in there were incredibly tedious and boring. Uh, there were a few bosses that stood out to players that was like, oh my god, what a cool fight. Most of the bosses were, I don't like this. Um, you know, this boss is tedious, boring, it's just a tank and spank, whatever the case might be. So it, it, it's sort of this, we need to incentivize them with loot. We have to give them loot to make them want to do these things. Um, and, and it, it grows, right? Over time, people start expecting it. They yeah. now need that loot. Um, otherwise, they won't do it. And I think Asmongold is correct there. If you remove item levels uh, from, from Mythic, people will absolutely just not do it because they've grown accustomed to doing it for the loot. Now you're removing the loot. I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, and I don't know how Blizzard fixes that. Because that is the equivalent of we've we've all been in relationships where shit like this happens, where someone your partner has a toxic trait, you let the toxic trait go because you know you're in love. What the fuck? Uh, and then after a while, you can't deal with that toxic trait anymore, but you've enabled it for so long that now you how do you put that genie back in the fucking bottle? You know, you've enabled it. You've allowed them to get away with it. You've encouraged them for a while. Uh, and now they're just going to keep doing it. And I don't know what that fix is. I, I don't know if you can even fix it, if I'm honest. <clears throat> but anyways, that's the loot situation in World of Warcraft. So yeah. while we're on the Blizzard topic, let's talk about Overwatch 2 and the bug with yeah. auto-purchases, which is uh, hilarious. So apparently I mean, there was a, a glitch in Overwatch 2, which if you were chatting with people and you, you happen to be browsing the store or something like that, there can be things that happen in chat, like some code that can be sent or whatever. And that can mm -hmm. kind of like trigger you to purchase things automatically is what I hear. Yeah. And it's just like that for starters, that is so wild. That is so incredibly yeah, that is a wild bug. 
That that is messed up. Like I remember New World had those really terrible chat bugs where people would be able to like flood the screen with a color green so nobody around them would be able to like see anything. Or Jesus. you would be able to put like massive sausages on the, on the thing. It was it was hilarious. So there was a, there was an HTML bug on on New World, but mostly I I think it was mostly harmless, where you you could just like post pictures and shit. But um, yeah. and I think that those were like images of stuff that was in game. So it wasn't like oh I'm just gonna put a big old dick in here, which is why people would just like post sausages. But yeah, <laughs> the it would best be cool replacement. If you could put a giant dick there. <laughs> sure, but it's like uh, that was a glitch that they had, and that was problematic, and they fixed it. But apparently, in Overwatch Two, that glitch is actually good for Blizzard because it can enable people to just automatically buy things. And apparently, a bunch of people got a bunch of stuff that was just like bought automatically while they were yeah. ju- while they were just chatting with friends. And Blizzard's mm-hmm. like, we're not issuing refunds. Also, we fixed the problem. Yeah. We're not. A- so we fixed the problem. We recognize there is a problem, but we're not giving you your money back. It's like, hey, you break it, you buy yeah. it. We don't care. That to me is the most disgusting because bugs will happen. Although the idea that you can that that those systems would even be linked to each other in that way is fucking wild to me. Right? Those systems. That is spaghetti coding right there. There should never be a way for you to just purchase something. Now, I imagine the the way this probably works, uh, I've looked through the articles that I could find. None of them actually went into specifics on how this bug works, so I'm just sort of going off of what I imagine. Someone links an item from the store and says, oh my god, this is a cool item, and because the purchasing works with double spacebar, uh, if you accidentally hit that, you purchase the fucking item that has just been linked. That would probably be the way. But in my opinion, that link should take you to the shop and then you purchase the thing from the shop, right? Also, double spacebar being the thing to purchase. The fuck is that? So it's, what, it's too hard to click the mouse? Like, Jesus. Um, It's the biggest key on the keyboard. (laughs) Blizzard want to make sure that you don't make mistakes. I want to make sure that you know exactly how to buy shit. (laughs) What's wild to me, so... I can even forgive that bug, right? What's wild to me is that Blizzard refuses refunds. That is disgusting. That is brazen. Because, like, you you have all of the registries there. Like, you know what people have bought. I think it might be because, think of it like this. So we know what people have bought, but now everybody can say, oh, I regret this, I want a refund. I wonder if that is why. Because it might not well, be technically linked to the bug, and people can just ask mm-hmm. for refunds. But it's like, look, just give people their fucking money back. Just, just like, stop. You're, you're already going to make that, so much money out of this game. Like, what the fuck? That's the bullet you bite. You had a fucking bug that caused people to buy yep. shit. Yeah. Maybe Fix some it. people are going to take this opportunity to refund shit that they your were fucking problem. upset they bought. But you shouldn't have had that fucking bug in your game in the first place. You had that bug because you didn't fucking taste properly. Because instead of paying for internal tasters, you decided to have the community taste your game. That's on you, bro. You don't then get to tell people, no, sorry, all purchases are final. Yeah, but I didn't want to purchase this. It would be the equivalent of me walking into a fucking store and the store owner going, congratulations, you just bought the fucking car. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, this BMW... (laughs) 
it's yours. We've already put through the purchase. The bank has already linked us the money. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, dude, I just came in to fucking look. And now <laughs> I have 300,000 rand debt. What the fuck is going on here? And they're like, yeah, sorry, all purchases are final. It's like, like, no, it fucking imagine, isn't. Imagine you didn't even go in there and look. You're like, I just wanted to ask if I could use your bathroom. It's like, no, you own this car now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yours. And it's not a gift. You paid for it. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> You're now knee deep in, de- in debt. Yeah. So, um, not fucking win. How can this work? Not to like, mention I didn't that ask for this. With a bug like this, I don't know it's the most expensive thing that you can buy in Overwatch, but like, Jesus, imagine how deep this can go. Like somebody can be like, oh yeah, yeah. look at this thing. Costs $100. Boom, boom. Oops. Easy life. There you go. You've just spent $100 and we will not refund you. It it is disgusting to say the very fucking least and Blizzard will have to reverse that policy. If they don't, I'm pretty sure you're going to have legal involved. Uh, People are going to go to lawyers. They have to. I I don't care what they do. They need to fucking get Blizzard to reverse this because it sets a precedent. It's something I just want to be fucking clear. I'm already very annoyed at this idea that most games these days, cash store purchases are non-refundable. It's like, wait a second, that goes so against consumer protection acts. Because in my country, which is a backwater third world fucking hellhole that barely has electricity, we have a consumer protection act. If I buy something from you, I have 30 days to give it back with the exception of very few items, like underwear, for example, you can't return because it's touched your balls, it's yours now. There's no fucking <laughs> arguments about that, this, right? Is that where you draw the line? It's like you put it on your balls, it's yours forever? Yeah, if it touches your balls, it's kind of over, right? Uh, and antibiotics and medicines, for example, you can't ever return. Uh, but anything else, if you buy it, I think food also has a number of rules around it. What are you uh, doing with your food, Akalon? I mean, it, I think it's to protect people from, like, if someone wanted to inject something into yeah, a piece yeah, yeah. of food, you know, I think that's why, but I think food is also very difficult. Or rub it in their balls. Difficult. Yeah, or rub it on their balls or some shit like that, right? But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, I don't know how these companies are getting away with it. Like, what loophole yeah. are they using to where if I purchase something from you and it does not live up to what I wanted, so you advertised it as one thing i bought it and i was like ah, i fucking hate this how can you just go well sorry tough shit it's done now yep it's pretty messed I, up I, yeah it, it it is fucking screwed up um and in overwatch case you're dealing with someone buying something because of a bug they didn't buy it it's a bug you know imagine walking down the street suddenly someone fucking punches you over and starts fucking you in the ass and it's it's a prostitute that goes by the way you paid for my services here we go it's like no i fucking didn't get off me no no i i i know you paid for it here's the money from your bank account into mine and you're fucking <laughs> crying mascaras running and i get off me get off me and it's not right because uh you paid for it it's like dude what the fuck i never paid for this i didn't want this i didn't ask for this and yet you decided no refunds, no backsies. That's um, pretty fucked up. We wouldn't but, accept this for anything else. Why the fuck would people accept it for Overwatch? I, I don't know, dude. But it's like, listen, 
people already way too accepting of way too many things in Overwatch. Like another thing that I want to bring up, and this was actually not in the topics, but I just got reminded because I said I was going to call Blizzard out or any, well, not any other company, but specifically Blizzard out whenever they had server problems in the future. Now there's server problems yeah. with Overwatch 2. So yep. there's been massive queues in Overwatch 2 to get in to play the game. Like huge yeah. problem. And another problem with this is that you removed Overwatch 1. So people that bought Overwatch 1 like back in 2016 or whenever it was, they actually can't play Overwatch because of your massive fucking queues or because of the prepaid phone situation, which I don't even want to get into too much. You know about this? Uh-huh. So you need to have a phone associated with your account. I think we talked about this last time. Yeah. There's yeah. a bunch of providers that don't work. Like if you have a prepaid phone, that doesn't work. You need to have a phone that's like on a contract because otherwise you could go to a store. If you wanted to create an Overwatch account, you could just go to a store, buy yeah. a phone with like five minutes or whatever and register that as your thing. Dude, that is so... What the f yeah, fuck so, does so, it matter? It, 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 matters, it matters because they want to stop uh, whatever, like people that are ban evading and shit like that, right? I mean, I don't think it's just benefiting. It's probably bots and other stuff, but they want to make sure that the people who are actually playing the game are authentic people and they want to be able to verify that through a cell phone. And if you can just go and get like a prepaid phone, you can kind of mm -hmm. like circumvent the whole process. So a yeah. lot of prepaid phone plans are not allowed in in this thing. So not only you need to yeah. give them your phone, it needs to be a contract phone. Otherwise, you can't play the game. Although I think yeah. that there are some exceptions there, but there's basically a lot of people that aren't, aren't even, even able to play the game. And there's even been the argument put out, it's like, so I guess I'm too poor to play Overwatch because I can't afford a contract thing, despite the fact that I bought this game back in 2016, and now they killed yeah. it in order to, to make people play Overwatch 2. So there's a whole debacle around that. So that is another problem, but you know, I think that one's pretty self-obvious, like that's just a fucked up thing to do to begin with. So Akalon's internet just like froze. Sorry about this uh, cut, guys. But anyways, as I was saying, I'm going to tell you why I'm going to give Blizzard a really hard time about these fucking server queues because after mm -hmm. what they've done in recent memory, it's completely unacceptable. And let me explain to you why. Okay. There were absolutely no queues whatsoever in Diablo Immortal. Yeah. None. Now, you're not going to tell me that somehow Overwatch 2 is much more popular than Diablo Immortal, which is a fucking phone game. Yeah, free-to-play mobile game. Free-to-play mobile game. You're not going to tell me that somehow Overwatch was able to reach more players than a fucking mobile game. So don't give me that shit. Don't tell me about, oh, it's, it's more complex. This No, 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 no. There are no excuses. Diablo Immortal yeah. was flawless on launch day. Because mm -hmm. I've played it. I was like, boop, get in. No queue, no nothing. Just jump right in, play the game, no problems. People on phones, yeah. same experience. People on whatever platform they happen to be playing, same experience. No fucking yeah. excuses. There are no excuses for the Overwatch 2 servers not working. I don't give a fuck what excuse you give me. You're able to make Diablo Immortal work. Make Overwatch 2 work. I don't care. More servers. Do whatever the fuck you got to do. There are no excuses. There's zero excuses for that happening at all. Yeah. I mean, Blizzard is going... They're going to put most of the resources into mobile, right? Because that's where they want to be. They want to create more mobile games. 
we know that as a matter of fact, they currently have far more mobile games in development than they have PC games in development. Um, and we also know that Microsoft acquired Activision Blizzard purely for their mobile offerings. Uh, because obviously Microsoft knows what Blizzard is working on behind the scenes, and they thought that that was good. They want more mobile games, and so they're investing in Activision Blizzard specifically for this. So I can even see a world where Blizzard eventually gives up entirely on uh, the PC world and just goes straight into mobile because we know that they're making money on that. Um, I mean, I don't... <clears throat> I bought Overwatch 1. Me too. I, I, I will probably not play Overwatch 2 just because I didn't even enjoy Overwatch 1 that much. If I'm honest, it's not my type of game. I like battle royales. I don't really like arena shooters that much. So give me a PUBG or oh, a Apex uh, or a COD uh, and I, Warzone, and I fucking love that. I Please do stop. not enjoy arena shooters. No more. You don't like PUBG? I don't like any battle royales. I think they're boring. Bro, what the <laughs> fuck? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how you cannot like battle royales. They're so fun. You and a couple of friends, you can kill hours in a battle royale. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a huge fan of battle royales. I, I find them funny. I suck at shooting. Like, I shoot very badly. But I like the feeling of battle royales. I like being in the world, running around like a fucking soldier. Uh, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy the play style. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm the boomer. Like That's it. fine. I'll be I'll be the boomer. <laughs> it's all good. Anyway, I'm gonna bring us into a bit of an intermission from um gaming content. Uh and I wanna talk about some um some TwitchCon stuff. So TwitchCon happened. Mm, yes. I didn't yes, go yes, to yes. TwitchCon and uh Post apparently I wouldn't have gone. Yeah, I, I I don't think that it's it's not my kind of thing. Like I, I go to Gamescom, I'd love to go to E3, Gamescom, those type of things. TwitchCon, I don't know, it's just like kind of weird. Everybody's in there trying to like live stream and whatnot. And the quality yeah. apparently wasn't very good. I kept seeing like streams that were dropping. The quality was pretty crappy because of, of course, course. It's, a, it's a streaming event. Everybody's trying to stream over wireless. Of course, it's going to fucking explode. Like, what do you expect? But yeah. um, so there's some stuff that happened there. Apparently, there was uh, one of those uh, gladiator things where two people stand on a pillar and then they hit each, each other with like pillowed things until one of them uh -huh. falls down and the place that they fall down in what could go wrong is supposed to be a pit full usually filled with either balls or water or something to cushion yeah. your fall yes uh in this case they chose uh foam cubes so these cubes uh -huh. of foam now that's not to say that cubes of foam is not is is not appropriate. Of course, it's appropriate to have like foam cubes. You make yourself a little uh, pit of uh, cubes of foam, and it makes for yeah. a very nice thing to people to just fall down and it breaks their fall. No problem whatsoever. The problem is when you forget the pit part, and all you have is the ground and a couple uh, of like foam cubes, because oh, that yeah. that seems like was what happened over at TwitchCon when um, Adriana. Chetwick, I can't, I can't pronounce her name. I'm sorry. She yeah, I'm sorry, jumped I off. I saw the, I saw the video. She jumped off after she won her bout. She jumped off and did some acrobatics because she's like, well, there's a pit of foam in front of me. It's gonna be fine. 
Except, like I said, there wasn't actually a pit. It was just concrete with a couple of foam cubes on top of it. And so... She broke her back in, in two places. Two places, yes. She got fucked up. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a way, I think... I think it's pretty fucked up. You can see that I'm a little bit like holding back laughter because I don't want to be laughing at someone's misery, right? The the thing that I find funny is what kind of fucking genius thought that's like, oh, we'll just put some some foam cubes in the floor and this will be fine. This is not going to be a problem at all. In many ways, it is indicative of uh, Twitch caring about their creators. Yes. They fucking don't. They don't. They, They couldn't even be bothered to bolt, why do you have a pit of foam? Just FYI for anyone. So that when someone jumps into the foam, the foam cannot just fucking go away. Because that's usually the problem. If you just have a bunch of foam cubes there, remember, there's a force coming from the top. That force is hitting the things at the bottom. Those things have one of two things. If they are stuck to the ground, they will fucking stay there. That's why the ground doesn't move when you fucking land on it, because it's stuck to the earth, right? Or it's going to move away. It's going to give way because the force down means it has to go somewhere. If you have something stopping it, it won't move away because there's something stopping it, so it kind of has to stop pushing back. If there's nothing there, you're going to fall straight through it, as all these things are giving fucking way underneath you, until you hit the ground, and the ground's not going to move away for you because you don't exercise I mean, they had enough like, force for it to do so. They had like a fence around it so that the cubes don't move away, but it's like it's not deep enough. So it's just like it's uh. a couple of blocks of foam, and then it's concrete, right? That's why she landed there. Yeah, you can't. She got hurt, and there were more people that got hurt as well. It was not just her. There were two or three more people that also got yeah, injured there. Yeah. There's a gull that also broke her ankle in literally all three ways that you can break an ankle because you have two bones and another bone that runs this way in your ankle that's the connecting tissue of your ankle all three of them broke jesus christ i mean so yeah it's wild to me but the twitch's problems is just so advanced at this point that this is just sort of like all right, cool. You know, uh, it's, so it's not only stuff. does Twitch not give a fuck about their creators online, they don't even give a fuck about their creators in real life. You know, yeah. in real life, let's keep our creators safe. Fuck it. You know, it's let like them a, break their backs. It's content. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. So it's like, hey, Jesus. look, it's content. Look at look at how much drama we're going to be getting out of this. It's like, yeah, you're, you're going to be getting a fat yeah. lawsuit, is what you're going to be getting. Like, what yeah, the remember last year? Remember last year? We laughed so much that Gullu broke her back. <laughs> yeah, what really what a content farm, you know? It's like, yeah. what the fuck are you even doing? That's not even to speak about the incredible bullshit that Twitch is pulling uh, with their creators online, you know? And more and more people are complaining about this. It's become sort of the, the meme at this point. I'm at the point where I sometimes do question should I stay on Twitch? Or should I just move over to YouTube? Is it time to make that fundamental switch? Come to YouTube because we know that in the ne- within the next five to ten years, YouTube will be the premier streaming platform. And we know the, this. The interesting thing is that um, I was I was watching a video from Ludwig, who was um, you know he was paid to come over to YouTube and whatnot, 
and he was mm-hmm. talking about things that Twitch does better. And I was looking at a lot of the points that he was making, and I was like, I fundamentally disagree with what you're saying. He's like, I want a directory, right? That's what he's saying. He's like, I want a directory of the people who are streaming uh, a certain game and whatnot, and I want it to show me which one is the most popular. And I'm like, that's precisely what YouTube doesn't want to do because that doesn't promote any type of fucking discovery whatsoever. And it's like, oh, this is all I discover streamers. What, you just look for the most popular one? That's a great discovery system there, bro. It's called a kingmaker, and it fucking sucks. That's why nobody, and I do mean literally nobody, fucking grows on Twitch. Most of the people that are big on Twitch, they got there either by TikTok or by YouTube or by another platform that has a better discovery system than fucking Twitch because the Twitch has virtually no fucking discovery whatsoever. If you're a streamer and you start streaming on Twitch without any other platform to back you up, you are never going to grow. This is not an opinion. Yeah. This is a fucking fact. It's, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So it's like, no, YouTube's not. Hopefully YouTube won't do it that way because that would be a mistake. That would be Twitch 2.0. And that's not definitely not what I want because there's no discovery there whatsoever. Like people can discover my stream now. If it was in a system like that, they probably wouldn't. See, I would prefer the directory the same way that he wants it because I do think there's things that Twitch could do keeping it, keeping the Kingmaker profile, right? They could do things to boost discoverability through the roof. One of the things I have said consistently, clips on Twitch. It is the perfect fucking thing. Right now, shorts are everywhere, right? TikTok shorts, reels on Instagram, and shorts on YouTube. Everyone fucking wants it. YouTube is hardcore investing in their shorts. For some reason, YouTube have still not turned clips into just natural shorts, which I don't fucking understand. If someone clips your stream on YouTube, that should just become a short. It should yep. just be automatically put into the shorts thing. Good good job, right? Your your viewers are now creating content for your channel. Congratulations, right? But never mind. Twitch could absolutely do this with a clips interface where you can just scroll through different clips from different content creators. And if you see a content creator and you see a clip that you really like, you can follow them and you can join their live stream. That is the perfect way to get content creators discovered. And YouTube already have the clips feature. They already have the shorts feature. They can 100% do this. The only reason I want that directory is because right now, it is very difficult to navigate YouTube live streams. Because unless you're following you, unless I'm subscribed to you, I will not see your stream because it doesn't show up on Twitch, uh, on YouTube. I, it, I, I will not be able to see it because I have it to. Will. First, it shows up. No. It shows up on the home feeds depending on the content that you've consumed. It shows up on home feeds only if you're subscribed to the channel. Nope. Uh, the yeah. I've the seen, reason I've, I know this is I've seen plenty of streams that I'm not subscribed to. Have you watched those streams in the past? No. Because the only way you will see streams pop up on your home feed is if you've either watched content from that creator within the last uh, 30 days, I think, or if you've searched for it. But I know for a fact that YouTube's algorithm uh, does not highlight streams. It doesn't choose streams. Let's put it that way. It does. It can happen, but it doesn't show... No, it's discovered. YouTube said this themselves. You can actually go watch. I I I can't remember. I think it's like two months ago. I've seen them pop in my feed. YouTube said it themselves. 
But listen, yeah, I've but seen like stuff pop in my feed that I've never seen before. It just happens yeah, to I'll, be related to other things that I look at. You understand? Okay, but yeah, yeah, but here's the thing. YouTube themselves said their algorithm right now does not even look at live streams. It came from a question where people were asking, does it hurt my channel if I live stream on my channel where I'm putting videos out? And they said, no, because the algorithm doesn't even care okay. about live streams. So that's, that's 100% wrong because it definitely I mean, hurts is, your channel depending on what you usually do with your channel. Like if you never live streamed before, if you do a certain type of content and you start live streaming it without it being an event, it will most definitely hurt your channel. It's just, look, YouTube is incredibly deceitful when they're talking about the algorithm. That, that's just, yeah, but, that's just uh, the no, way no, it no, is. But they lie about it. Remember, all the time. It, it's not going to, it doesn't hurt the algorithm, which is what the question does. always is. But it does. No, it though. doesn't. It hurts your viewers because your viewers will come to your stream like what the fuck is he watching and they'll unsub because i don't want to watch him play this yeah, bullshit that game that i don't care about yeah but that's a viewership problem right from the algorithm side the algorithm doesn't even look at your live stream it doesn't give a fuck about live streams it doesn't push live streams now that doesn't mean that live streams can't show up so if you're someone that watches live streams on youtube you'll probably get a few live streams on your home home page but they're not optimized for it so for example the algorithm doesn't push live streams to your see, to your home feed. It pushes that, videos to your home feed. See, that's where you're wrong. Again, like I, I can, they might have said this, but that is wrong. That is 100 percent wrong, and I'll explain to you why. I, so, for instance, for instance, yeah, uh, look at the. You remember that game we talked about, Wild Hearts? I've never done Wild Hearts content in my uh, channel before. I mean, I talked about the mm -hmm. the previous. It didn't really have a name, so I talked about the game, whatever, and it was a video that wasn't even that successful. When, that, uh, when they were doing the announcement of Wild Hearts, mm -hmm. the official, yeah. they were doing like an official stream or whatever, I had 2,000 people watching my stream. This is for something mm -hmm. that I've never created content for. This is for yeah. something where if you, go, if you went to the uh, actual live stream, it had about it was comparable viewers between myself and the official live stream yeah so explain to me where do those people come from because usually if i just boot up a stream i'll get like 200 400 people not 2000 searching i want to see the new wild arts thing so i search it and here pops rurikon who does live streams on youtube so he's going to probably be close to the top um so I click on his because he's close to the top, right? And I don't click on the official one because I just want to see the fucking announcement. Um, no, I can promise you, Senpai Gaming did, did a, a whole video about this. David Nash did a whole video about this. And they actually made these videos criticizing YouTube, saying YouTube should absolutely start looking at the algorithm and its live streams because the, the only reason YouTube right now is better as a live streaming platform is because you can make videos on YouTube and the algorithm does push those. So it's easier to convert someone that's already watching your video on YouTube to watching a live stream on YouTube than it is to convert someone that's watching a video on YouTube to watching a live stream on Twitch. So it's easier to convert viewers in that way. But in terms of live stream discoverability, the algorithm doesn't even fucking give a shit. It does not try I, to discover listen. live streams. And there's a reason for it, just to, sorry, it is almost impossible. Uh, I watched the, the, when YouTube's engineer was talking about it, 
making live streams discoverable is so fucking hard because live streams are incredibly dynamic and and also they differ right so when it's a video because the algorithm is trying to find things that people want to watch but if you make a video about say Alden Ring okay the video is going to be edited in such a way that it's interesting because why else would you edit it right a live stream doesn't have to be a live stream like YouTube could push you to the homepage of someone as this is an Alden Ring stream and you click on the live stream and you just wait for a bio break. So the guy clicks on a video and the fucking content creator is even there. It can, so it the person is like, ah, fuck that. Yeah, but this is the thing. YouTube does not want people to leave the platform. So that person could click on your link, see that you're not there, and just close YouTube. Ah, fuck it. I'll watch something else later. And they leave. So YouTube finds live streams dangerous. That's why they don't prioritize them in search results. Anyways. It's like, it, it, to, you know, it, just to wrap it up, here's, here's my experience. I can always yeah. get more viewership on YouTube than I will ever get on yeah. Twitch, period. So it's like, yeah, but whatever they're doing on YouTube side in terms of discoverability is a million times better than whatever they're doing on Twitch, guaranteed. I mean, I will you will always have, get more people. Yeah, <laughs> but you stream on your main channel, right? Here's the thing. I will most likely stream World of Warcraft on the second on the same channel that this thing goes live, as opposed to doing it on Twitch. And I will guarantee yeah, but, to you that if I do that, mm -hmm. I'll have more viewership there than I have on Twitch, and I have more followers on Twitch than I have subscribers on this channel. Okay, but okay, so followers on Twitch, by the way, uh, is worthless. Its conversion rate is incredibly low. Yeah, it's like worthless. the conversion rate for followers. This is why when Twitch last week, Twitch came out and they were like. They're experimenting with some program to a call to action for followers. It reminds the the can, the creator to tell viewers to fucking follow. <laughs> and it's like, dude, I have never in my life told viewers to follow on Twitch. Like, what the fuck am I going to tell viewers that for? I don't give a shit who follows. Followers are useless. They don't yep. mean anything. Because I currently have over 12,000 followers. I get like fucking 90 viewers. <laughs> the conversion rate is fucking miserable on Twitch uh, for followers because most people just follow because why not? You know, just gonna follow for fucking followers' sake. Uh, YouTube is much more compact. People in YouTube do not subscribe even to channels that they constantly watch. So if someone subscribed, there's a much higher chance that they will actively watch at least some of your content. Uh, so it makes sense that you would get more viewers on YouTube than what you would get on Twitch, um, just based on the fact that your subscribers are far more active on the channel, they're far more recent on the channel, uh, because that's another problem with Twitch. Uh, my followers, for, my 12,000 followers come over the course of like four years. Two of those four years, I didn't even stream on Twitch, right? So a lot of those are dead yeah. followers. It's the same with my main channel. My main channel right now gets an average of between six and 10,000 views per video. I have almost 50,000 subscribers, but I know that I have about 10 to 12,000 active subscribers because most of my subscribers I got during the days of doing Warlock content. <laughs> and I don't do Warlock content anymore. Yep. So those viewers are just like, dude, I don't give a fuck about the lore bullshit. But I'm also not unsubscribing because I don't even see those videos. Um, I 
from so the reason I want the directory is actually more broad than that. It's about forming a culture on YouTube where streamers can meet each other. Because right now on YouTube, it feels like you're a lot more isolated when you stream on YouTube. Like, for example, if I want to host or raid someone on Twitch, I can literally just go to wherever, whichever category I'm streaming in currently, find someone and just raid them. I, I can't do that on YouTube. The problem I don't remains, know who the fuck is streaming now. Yeah, the problem remains that I think discoverability is a much more important thing than who you happen to host or raid at the end of a stream. And I think that discoverability is also more important than figuring out who's the biggest person that is streaming that thing on the platform. I think it's more important for people to realize who is the best person that is streaming something than who is the biggest person that is streaming something because the two aren't always the same. But yeah, anyways, but I think, uh, just to, just because yeah. this is interesting to me, sorry, this is a very interesting topic. I think the directory will actually help with what you want. Here's why. Um, when you're in the streaming directory, you already know that sometimes you're going to get to a stream and the guy's not going to be there, right? Because it's not a video. The guy can't be live 100% of the time. Uh, he might be for a bio break, or whatever the case might be. So there, YouTube could absolutely have an algorithm that you could choose to just so top stream, right? So let's say Elden Ring, top stream. That's the guy with the most views. But the, the default setting is streamers of viewers Streamers that your viewers also watch. So, for example, if you're not live and this guy searches Alden Ring, you have a bunch of viewers that also watch, say, uh, Mr. Cowboy. Beast, right? Or Frightened Cowboy or whatever, yeah. right? So he now shows up at the top because you and him have a lot of viewers in common with each other. That helps boost a shit ton of discoverability. Because now you kind of know these creators are similar. People who watch Rurikon is also going to like watching him and vice versa. Where I think on YouTube, it's much harder because the live stream is competing not only against other live streams, but also against other videos. And there's no real community for those live streams to exist in. And you could still also push the live streams on the main platform. So you could still have it to where if someone searches for Alden Ring, the streams still show up, but now clicking on the stream brings them over to the streaming section of Twitch where they now engage with other streamers and what other streamers are doing much better than what is currently happening. So uh, when I stream on YouTube and I go to the recommended videos on the side of my stream, it's not other live streams, it's other videos. So people will go from one of my live streams into another video. It doesn't even prioritize other streamers on the platform. And I'm fucking live streaming right now, right? It should be prioritizing other streamers. And I think giving streamers that portion of the place that's their own just makes more sense, in my opinion. Here's the thing. There is a directory on YouTube that you can go to. Yeah. Uh, everyone keeps saying that. It is it the smallest little fucking thing. It's like most one people, button most that people goes live. No. Most people can't find it. The, 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 yeah, that, I'm, that's I'm talking about the fucking... directory. Yeah, 
most people can't find it. But <laughs> like I said, I think that's a good thing. I don't, again, I don't agree with you on the directory thing. It's just not going to happen because I don't think that a kingmaker system helps literally anyone except whoever is the king. It's just that simple. It's just going to help, you know, like the, the streamers that came over from Twitch, like Ludwig, Saikuno, Dr. Disrespect. It's yeah. just going to help them. If there's a directory, it's going to be basically Twitch 2.0 and people like me. Whereas right now I can get like, I don't know, depending on the stream and the event and the thing that I happen to do, I have a much higher reach. The moment there's a directory, my reach is going to go to shit. It's that simple. Yeah, but you're you're comparing YouTube to Twitch. One already has an algorithm. The other one doesn't. Twitch have famously never invested invest yeah. in the creation of an algorithm. So on Twitch, the only system you have is the Kingmaker system. On YouTube, having that directory showing the top but few like games, you said showing the top few streamers coupled with the algorithm would do amazing. You're building a culture. That's what you said. And the moment that you start yeah. building a culture together with that directory, the culture that mm -hmm. you breathe is the kingmaker culture, which is not what I want. It is ba it's fundamentally bad for smaller creators. It's a thousand see, percent I don't. Bad. The reason I don't agree with you, imagine you're watching Ludwig, right? Ludwig is doing an Elden Ring stream, all right? But then That'd at the first. end of Ludwig's stream, so Ludwig ends his stream, and uh, at the end of it comes the cards, what to watch next. And up pops Rurikon, because Rurikon is currently streaming Elden Ring. And they have seen that Rurikon's viewers and Ludwig's viewers have similarities. They watch the same you kind of content, because that's how the algorithm do does it. You can't the algorithm do does that. No, it doesn't. The algorithm does that the all cards, the time. The cards at the end of... Wait, oh, wait, wait. You mean at the actual end, the cards that pop up, not... The yeah, end. the actual end. So okay, you okay, don't... Okay. You remove the ability for people to add their own okay, cards yeah, yeah. to the live stream. Instead, but, it pops up what to watch next, and yours is the it, auto follow. Think of it like this. In the current system, I can basically compete with mm -hmm. Ludwig. In your system, I would not be competing with Ludwig. I'll be like, well, Ludwig's live. I'm not going live. Fuck that shit. I'll wait until he's done. Then uh, I'll go. see. It's you. You it, kind of can't, but I, I get your. You're I not, get your thing. You're not gonna convince me. Like, look, it's just, it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> like, I don't want. It's fine. We the, disagree on yeah, this. Yeah, we 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 100 disagree. It's like I don't want the the yeah. Twitch system. I think that YouTube will hopefully do something better, because I understand that a lot of people just want. I just want to go to the directory, see whoever's the most popular. But you need to understand that is, in my opinion, fundamentally terrible for creators. And that is why you have a lot mm -hmm. of creators that are streaming to zero people on Twitch. I guarantee you, yeah. if, if the, a lot of those people that are streaming to zero people on Twitch would go to YouTube, they would be streaming to one or two people. That is Maybe. a guarantee that I would make you. Yeah. But, I anyway, mean, yeah. you could have the directory just, by the way, without the Kingmaker system. No. So you could have the directory be no. completely algorithm-based. But again, it allows people to create I communities. I don't want it. I don't know why you wouldn't. Because the whole success it. of Twitch, because here's the thing. Twitch's success is culture and community. The fact that people on Twitch know each other, they know where to go, it makes sense. It's all there, right? Streamers get to know each other, become friends, stream together. It, it becomes its own thing. YouTube doesn't have that because it's, it's all put in the same place. And people who like watching live streams don't necessarily give a fuck about watching videos. 
Uh, and so you're you're sort of mashing these groups together. And I feel like a large part of what goes missing is that experience of community. Uh, that, oh, I, I want to watch some Elden Ring streamers. Let me click on the Elden Ring directory, and it shows me the Elden Ring streamers. And that could absolutely be driven by the algorithm, right? So it doesn't show the top viewed Elden Ring guy. It shows the Elden Ring streamers that's similar to the other Elden Ring streamers that they already watch. But that already not happens the guy that's if, at you, the top. if you just go to YouTube and you type Elden Ring stream, you can already do that. Yeah, but that's very specific, right? That's a very specific You have to type in Elden Ring stream. Yeah. It's not contained. In its own little thing. And you're also, I mean, because this, in your system, the it's only people system. that's going to watch Elden Ring streams. It's the current YouTube yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the one that you prefer. Yes. The only people that's going to watch Elden Ring streams are people that searched for Elden Ring streams. Yes. There's not going to be a discovery of someone that clicks on, because I've done this before. There I'll click is. on Twitch, right? I'll click on Twitch and I'll be like, oh, I, I, I want to watch uh, Shroud. Okay, so I go to Twitch. I want to watch Shroud. And then I see this game that I've never fucking heard of before. And it's like one of the top played games right now. I'm like, what the hell is this? So I click on that. And then I go, oh my God, what? And I click on a random streamer because none of my streamers are playing this right now. And then I just discover this fucking game that I've never seen before. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? I learned about GTA. Um, like the the GTA RP, that's how I learned about it. Because I but wanted to listen, go watch Asmongold. You just, you just said you just said that you would be looking for Shroud. If you look for Shroud on YouTube, you would get the exact same thing. If Shroud was streaming on YouTube, yeah, no, 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 you'd get a stream. That's yes. only if no, no, but that's only if Shroud was streaming GTA RP. I wanted to go watch Shroud. I got to Twitch. Then I saw GTA is like the top one. Actually, that day, I think I wanted to go watch Asmongold. But as I'm like waiting for the homepage to load, I see GTA, like the top played game. I'm like, dude, this fucking old game. Why the hell is that top played? And I thought competition something. So I click on it. I go to GTA. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And I see Summit 1G, right? He's playing GTA. I thought, All right, I'll, I'll click. I like Summit. So I, I click, and here I discover GTA RP. Like, dude, what the fuck? There's guys that play this as if it's real life? You know? And yeah. I completely forgot Asmongold was even fucking streaming. Two hours later, I'm still watching Summit 1G because the it's all contained in one. Whereas if this was YouTube, I would have typed in Shroud, and I would have seen Shroud, and I would watch Shroud. Or I would have typed in Asmongold, see Asmongold, watch Asmongold. And I would never even have discovered the GTA RP yeah, that's look, going on. Look at because it's not look there. at who you ended up watching. Summit One G again, a top streamer. You didn't yeah, end yeah, up watching remember, like one of the smaller GTA RP streamers. That might true. have happened on YouTube some other way. No, it wouldn't have happened on YouTube because I never even would have known to search for GTA RP. But if we come, if we merged the directory. And the algorithm, no. Nope. Uh, I would not see Summit 1G at the top. I would see someone that's similar to, say, Asmongold at the top, and that might be a smaller creator, and I would start watching him instead. So there's many ways to go about it. We're never going to agree on this, nope. because I fundamentally believe the director is a good idea for, Twitter, for YouTube. Nope. You don't, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. 
So I, anyway, it's, by the way, it's one of the reasons I haven't made the switch from Twitch to YouTube is the fact because that there's the directory? no directory. Yeah, I I think it does better because one of my viewers' main complaints. I'd love to hear actually people that's still watching me and Rurikon disagree. We're done disagreeing now, but I want to <laughs> know from you guys what's the biggest reason why you're not switching to YouTube live streams? Why are you still preferring, if you are preferring Twitch live streams to YouTube, what's the reason for that? Let us know in the comments. Um, but my viewers, their biggest question. complaint is chat experience. They hate the chat experience and they hate the fact that it doesn't feel like a community. That's why my viewers don't want me to switch to YouTube. They, they just find the chat experience. Now, I'll say as a creator, the chat, chat experience is miserable. I don't have moderator tools to the point of, like, on YouTube, dude, every single time I stream on YouTube, these dating fucking adverts yeah, the pop up, bots. right? Yeah. And you can literally, you, you, can, you can hide them from the channel many times as you want. They just keep coming back. And there's no way to stop it. There's nothing I can do to fucking get that away. The problem is... It's really annoying. There's over 5 billion users on YouTube versus, like, however many million there are in Twitch, which I think was like 200 million or something like that. So it's just on another level. And so with that level comes yeah. more bots. Like the reason you don't see them coming back on Twitch is because there's not that many bots on Twitch. And on YouTube, there's a lot more bots that are coming in. And these are bots that usually will hound your comment sections as well. You'll probably see those as well on the comment sections, the, the ones in strange languages and shit talking about dating websites too. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing, except these are directed to go after live streams and post there. There's just, again, when you're talking about numbers and you go from 200 million or 300 million, however much it is on Twitch, versus the 5 billion on YouTube, you're just yeah. working on a completely different level. Yeah, so, but I want the tools to be able to block those like users because the way it works on YouTube, the reason you can't block those users is because they have a name so they have an account, right? And then they use a different name to show up in your, in your chat. And if you hide the user, it doesn't actually hide the original user. It just hides mm -hmm. that name, right? So all they do is they change the name and but it pops like, right back in. How hard, how hard is it to create a, a YouTube account? It's like that. Just make a new Yeah, account. sure. Sure. Just make a it Gmail account, easy, YouTube account, boom, done. I still same thing want on Twitch. more moderator tools, right? I want yeah. more moderator tools. No, I, I want the control. And I think but YouTube I'll tell you, can do it. I think I'll tell it you why fast. the chat experience is not as good on YouTube. It is because there's a lot yeah. more people coming into your stream, even if they don't stay. There's a lot more people. Whereas on Twitch, let's say you have a six-hour stream. And let's say your average was like 200 people. Throughout the six hours, there might have been like 400, even 600 people, maybe even 1,000 people mm -hmm. went through your stream. On YouTube, we do yeah. the same thing. And that number is going to be like tenfold. You might have had a stream of yeah. about 200 uh, medium uh, users watching at any given time. Uh, mm -hmm. And then when you actually look at the number of people that came through your stream, it was probably like 20,000, 50,000, something ridiculous like that. It's just they stay, they watch a little bit, they leave. They stay, they watch a little bit, and leave. So yeah, yeah that happens. Yeah. And that I, makes chat I just not as the... interesting, I guess. But, you know, it is yeah. what it is. Well... It's not so much chat for me. It's my chat. Hates yeah, I get the it. chat experience. So I, I'm not sure why they do. But I do think there's things that YouTube needs to fix. I don't think the directory is the top one. Um, so 
<laughs> they could probably do a bunch of other things that fixes it to the point where the directory is something I could live without. Um, right now, it's just something that I really care about. But anyways, let us know in the comment section. It would be fun to know. The other thing I wanted to bring up while we're talking about Twitch. Um, did you see that clip uh, from Twitch talking about the application of their rules? <laughs> the application of their rules is laughable at best. Let's put it like that. Yes. Yes. So yeah, uh, so, I saw the clip, and the lady in the mm -hmm. clip was basically saying, well, you guys don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And we're like, that's the fucking problem. You're right. We don't. Why don't you tell yeah. us? And she's like, well, it's because of repeated offenses. And I'm like, please tell me more about how, for instance, let's say Alinity has yep. done God knows how many different things, yeah, uh, how many different times. And I don't think she's ever yep. been banned for more than like a week. No. Correct? Yeah, yeah. She's, she's never yeah. been banned for more than like a week. And then you have other content creators that like make one mistake one time, but because they're men, there's like, no, that's a month. Fuck you. Eat, eat a dick. And you're just like, there was a Bro. woman that literally had sex in this platform. Yeah. And she got three absolutely, days Showed absolutely, no, it was seven days. Showed absolutely no regret. Yeah. Showed absolutely no regret whatsoever. Came back seven days later. But yet, yeah. A guy I'm probably does one thing and he's gone for a month or gone permanently a lot of times. Yeah. So the best example I have of, of Twitch not applying their rules uh, consistently across the platform is Alinity threw her cat, right? She threw her fucking cat out of anger. Now, I'm not, to be clear, I thought people grossly over-exaggerated. Oh, yeah. like, Cats land on their fucking feet. It doesn't really matter. Should you throw your cat? Probably not. But the cat's fine. I don't think the cat has a problem. All right? So it wasn't animal abuse. Anyone that says that is a fucking moron. But anyways, these are probably the same people that carry their dogs in little backpacks because the dog's little feeties will hurt if it walks yeah. on the fucking ground, even though it was designed, literally bred to walk on the ground, but never fucking mind, right? Um, so... I don't mind that. What I mind is the hypocrisy of it. Because you had another guy that he was talking to his chat. He was just sort of hanging out and he just bought himself a new fish. So he wanted to show chat what the fish looked like. And I guess had a stupid idea where he just picked the fish out of the water, held it up for like five seconds to the camera, and then put the fish back in the water, right? That is not very nice. didn't throw the fish or anything. Yeah. No. But I mean, fish can survive for yeah, a yeah, short yeah. five seconds out of the water right be sure fine. the fish was probably not having a the bit, best time a little bit of brain damage to the fish but that's fine his, his <laughs> brain's not that big to begin with yeah but if we're comparing what that guy did he didn't throw the fish he didn't fucking throw the fish across the room or anything like that he picked it out of the water show chat and then put the fish back in the water and he compared it to alinity throwing her cat would we say that's equal in sort of offenses caused, I would say fairly equal. Insofar as no harm was really done. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Whatever. It, no harm was really done there. The guy got banned permanently on Twitch. Alinity got a three-day suspension. But then when they say, oh, it's repeated offenses. Okay, how many times has that dude been like picking up fish and like eating them into the air or whatever? I would imagine From not often. 
from following the story, that was his first offense. So that was his first. He's offense. never been okay. suspended. So, he's never been banned. So yeah, that was so it. Alinity had been banned before. Alinity also uh, many to times committing committing like some kind of fraud by marrying someone in Canada and then divorcing yep. them. And so, you know, that, and then on top of it, the, you also have that other situation where Lindy had like a, a nip slip and then she just had like a weekend off or whatever, but she banned yeah. herself for seven days. She's like, no, I don't think this is fair. Oh No, actually, I think that she wasn't going to get banned at all for the nip slip. Yeah. But then she's like, no, I don't think that's fair. So I'll take, uh, I'll take the weekend. I was it was something ridiculous like that. And it's like, okay, look, and, yeah. and by the way, guys, I'm saying I get, I have nothing personally against salinity. I don't care. Okay. No. Do He's your got content. Nice nipples. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, do your content, do whatever you want. The reason she gets brought up yeah. a lot is because Twitch's inconsistency with upholding the rules. Now the lady in the clip, yeah. she said it has to do with repeat offenders. And other things that happen in the background. We clearly know in this case, it's not because dude was a, a repeat offender, as you said. Alinity, mm-hmm. on the other hand, definitely a repeat offender when it comes to getting banned and all of these things. And yeah, when I say this, I don't want Alinity to get banned, okay? I don't care. Like I said, it doesn't matter to me at all. Just analyzing the situation from Twitch's application of their rules, which quite frankly yeah. is dumb. And even Alinity herself has said, I just wish they would fucking stop doing this and actually enforce the rules equally for everyone because people keep fucking bringing me up whenever this shit happens. And yeah, it's true. And the reasoning is very simple, by the way, for those who don't understand, okay? 80% Mm -hmm. of Twitch staff are fucking simps. It's just that simple. It's not particularly complicated. They hope that one day, which is never going to happen, but they go in there and it's like, oh man, I'm going to be so nice to this female streamer. She's going to love me. We're going to get married. We're going to have kids. We're going to be so happy. And it's like, bro, actually, slow your I, roll. I think it's actually something else she said in the clip that is the main driver. Because she said, we look at previous offenses and all that, and we look at harm caused. Right? So we yeah. look at harm caused and very specifically, it's harm caused to viewers. So how many viewers report you for something like this? A great example would be Destiny, right? Destiny got banned, and I'm not going to get into why Destiny got banned, but Destiny's had an opinion, right? This opinion is, I think, shared by most people throughout the world. Like, most normal people are like, yeah, all right, that's fine, you know? Some people might disagree, but for most people, it's sort of like, oh, well, that's your opinion. It's fine, right? No one cares. However, there are groups on Twitch. These would be specifically Kefal's viewers, as well as Vosh viewers, and probably some Hassan viewers. These people are fucking rabid. Oh, yeah. They, They themselves boasted that they were the reason Destiny got perma banned on Twitch. Because as soon as they found that clip of Destiny saying that, all of their viewers reported him. Twitch says they look at harm caused. So when you have a clip that comes in with reports in the thousands, Twitch bans. Simple as that. So they go by majority rules, which means you have this dogpiling effect. Whichever group is bigger, and that, I think, is why girls don't get banned off of the platform. Because how many people do you think, honestly, is going to report Alinity for getting her tits out on stream? 
Either yeah. a guy that is super gay or like a fucking Christian minister, right? Or maybe like a Muslim, what do they have? Priest or whatever. I don't, I don't know what they have. Uh, like they would probably, or a rabbi might report them. I don't know how much time they spend on Twitch, but maybe they do, right? In which case, they might feel offended enough. Most normal guys are going to be like, ooh, nice. You got her tits out. <laughs> Easy, right? Even gay guys would be like, Nice. She got her tits out. We're not going to hit the report button, right? So that goes to Twitch, and Twitch goes, eh, you know, she did break the rules, but it didn't cause that much harm. It's not a problem. A guy takes his fish out of a bowl, and suddenly the whole of PETA is fucking report, 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 fucker, 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 fucker. Sadly, that's the point. That's the problem. It's not applying the rules consistently. It's applying the rules based on mob rules. So whoever yeah. can dogpile the best, they win the fucking fight. And that, and that is, and, yeah. I think, another reason why Twitch is going to get fucked. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a problem. And they need, they need to sort their shit out, but it's probably not yeah. going to happen. It's always been like that, and I don't think it's going to be no. changing anytime soon. Look, Amazon, Amazon isn't going to spend money on fixing things like this, because for Amazon, Twitch isn't important. It's not like Google and YouTube. Google sees yeah. YouTube as a fundamental part of its business because it's where most of its advertising happens. So for Amazon or for Google, YouTube is so fucking important. For Amazon, Twitch is only important insofar as it can drive people to Amazon. That's it. That's all Amazon gives a fuck about. And Twitch loses Amazon enough money to the point where Amazon isn't willing to spend any more making Twitch better. They're basically, in my opinion, riding the train to the bottom. They're just going to slowly ride Twitch until it fucking dies. And then they're going to do something else. Because as you said before, Amazon actually allows you to start a Twitch, a Twitch platform yeah. on their fucking servers. Yeah, like you can literally go to AWS and start your own fucking Twitch on their own platform. Google doesn't allow that. Of course You not. can't go to Google servers and be like, yeah, I'm going to make a new YouTube. Google will just be like, no, you're not. <laughs> We're not going to no, let you not. do that. What the fuck? Yeah. That's why all of the competitors to YouTube are usually on other fucking engines. They use other server, uh, server infrastructures. Because Google will just not allow it. They want YouTube. That's their baby. Yeah. So yeah, Twitch is probably dying. Uh, I, I realize it's interesting for me and Ruricon because we actually work on these platforms, but most of you are probably sitting here doing, dude, I'll watch it on YouTube. I'll watch it. On, I don't <laughs> fuck. I just want to watch some streams, man. Yeah. And anyway, so, yeah, yeah. I have like one more topic that I wanted to bring up, and that is the okay. New World thing. And uh, I, I'm probably going to make a highlight of this one for a separate video as well. But okay. basically, uh, with New World, I've been playing a lot of New World over the last couple of days. I've told you about it, and I've told pretty much everybody about it. And yeah. uh, when I lost my voice like four days ago or something, I was like, well, I got nothing to do. I'm going to get to level 60. Fuck it. So I went ahead and I got to level Easy. 60, and I finally got to experience a little bit of New World Endgame. This is ahead of the Brimstone Sands release. So things might change for Brimstone Sands. But um, right now, this is the current endgame, and this is one of the problems that I have 
uh, with the game. And that is, so when you get to the end, what happens? You get this system called expertise. And the way that expertise works is it defaults. All of your expertise is 500. What does this mean? For all of your gear slots, you have a 500 item level cap, so to speak. So even if you get an item that is higher level than 500, it is going to average itself out because you're limited for that thing at 500. And the way it works then is when you get new loot that is of higher level, your expertise increases. And it can increase from anywhere from one to 10. So you can have plus one expertise. And at that point, it's like, okay, now I can have uh, item level 501 on this piece. Increases by two. Now I can have 502. And it goes all the way up to 600. So this is the end game. It's basically you trying to get loot as fast as possible so that it triggers the expertise things because it depends on the level of loot that you get. Kind of like Destiny in a way. And Destiny, like the higher your item level would be, the higher the items you would get. So it's similar to that, except it unlocks on a per item slot basis and on a per weapon basis as well. Because when it comes to the weapons, it doesn't go primary weapon, secondary weapon. It goes like sword, musket, uh, rapier, whatever. So even if you're maining a sword, you might have like expertise 550 on a musket that you don't use because you just looted a lot of muskets. That's been your RNG. So that's the way that that particular system works. Then once you get to 600, then there's like this umbral shard system, which allows you to gear it up even more to 625. But that one works differently. I haven't reached 600 yet. So that is how that works. And then the way that which you can get these expertise items is through two activities. Chest runs... And expeditions, which is the dungeons. So you can either go and do chest runs or you can do expeditions. And I'll talk more about chest runs. Besides this, as you loot things, there's a chance for you to get something called gypsum. Now, gypsum allows you to basically roll a piece of gear that is going to give you expertise no matter what. So it's always going to give you either one expertise or 10 expertise. It's basically something that generates a little box. And that box has a loot of whatever you want in it. So you can choose, I want a gypsum case for a helmet you get a helmet and that's going to increase your helmet expertise so it's a way to increase it more deterministically but it has a cooldown so you can do it once per day per slot well not per day it's like every 10 hours or 15 hours something like that once per every 15 hours per slot and you can basically do that and those are the ways in which you increase your item level So what is my problem with this system? So we were talking earlier about like mythic dungeons and all of these things in World of Warcraft, right? See, the way that chest runs work in New World is that there's fundamentally no challenge whatsoever. So the way that it works is you have areas in the open world that are designated like these are areas balanced for five players. And in these areas, you will find chests that have valuable loot that can increase your expertise. Yeah. And so these areas are designed for five players, but, you know, MMO players are kind of open world dungeons sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's open world dungeon, but MMO yeah. players are degenerate. So what do they do? What would happen if instead of five players, we were to take 500? Oh, yeah. Easy like. You just basically, that's what people do. Like every, every day, people, because the chests in those areas, they also have like a 15 hour lockout or 20 hour lockout or something like that. So, what people do is they organize in massive groups and they yeah. run through these zones and just destroy every, like, it looks like a swarm of locusts just going through yeah, yeah. 
and shredding yeah. everything. Like I have footage of this. I've recorded it. It is disgusting. Like you feel sorry for the mobs. Like you just see players rolling <laughs> through. And, and it, again, it's, you really just like demolish everything in your wake and you salute everything. And then you leave. Sometimes the mobs, the AI doesn't even know what to do because there's like, bro, there's a hundred players here. The mob's just like, and you're standing next to the mob, (laughs) looting the chest. And he's just like, and then somebody comes through and just like smacks it twice. It's like, and bosses and portals like those big portal events that they have because one of the chest runs also includes portal events and whatnot. Like, the portals don't stand any chance. Like, there was one point where there was a dude just, like, playing music while we were slaughtering everything. It was disgusting, dude. So it's like, and this apparently is what people have been doing. Now, I didn't know because I, I yeah. hadn't um, I hadn't tried any of this. So I yeah. get to the end game, and I'm like, oh, I guess I'll go do a chess run. I do a chess run, and I'm like, oh, my God. And people, like, they'll finish one area, and they'll just, like, mm-hmm. funnel into the next one and do it again and then funnel into the, and then just run like through the whole map, through all of the big high level areas and just destroy everything in their path. And dude, you, I cannot stress the ridiculous amount of loot you get. Like, listen, I would have to stop between zones to go deposit my loot because I would be overweight from all the loot that I have. Like you're talking, you will have to scroll through your inventory system (laughs) to look at all the loot that you get from these runs right wow yeah yeah okay so so, that that is kind of like that is the most efficient way for you to equip yourself and gear grind in new world which i'm just like yeah there's no challenge there's there's nothing here right Hmm. so then i'm like all right the other way that you can do it is expeditions and i was like okay this sounds way better because i go in four other people we do a dungeon fantastic now the problem with this is that when you go into an expedition a level 60 expedition a max level expedition there's no recommended gear score now there's a system in place which is the mutations which works almost like mythic plus gives you modifiers you can scale the difficulty up or down depending on what you want so there's a system like that and for the mythic plus like system which is mutations or mutators or whatever they call it That one has a recommended item level. But for the normal level 60 dungeon, there's no recommended item level. There's no recommended. Okay. So I'm like, I'm looking at these level 60 dungeons. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll go to a level 60 dungeon. You know, I've done a couple of chest runs. I have a little bit of gear. Let's go see what happens. I jump in. And for starters, I thought it was weird because most of the groups doing these, they were like, item level 580. And I was like, bro, I'm like, I'm barely 500 because I just got the 60 and this is a level 60 dungeon. The only requirement that the dungeon demands is level 60 weird that you'd need 580. So I make my own group. I'm like, whatever. And I'm the tank. I make my own group. Mm -hmm. I'm able to get four people go in there. I start doing dungeons and what happens? It is disgusting. Like mobs will one shot you left, right and center. Like, because my gear was not good enough. So I'm like, okay, I'm respecking on the fly. I'm like, okay, let me put more points even into constitution so that I become a little bit tankier so that I don't get one shot, put more defensive yeah. traits into my tree and whatnot. Okay, let's go. And I go in and I'm able to tank things all the way to the final boss. And then I get to the final boss and the final boss just has a mechanic that just one shots me. There's nothing I can do about it because if I block it, it breaks my block and then kills me. If I don't block it, it'll kill me. And you're like, well, dodge. Well, as a tank because of the fact that blocking and dodging use the same thing, 
you can't just like dodge and block. So if I dodge, then I'll get hit by auto attacks and I'll die anyway. So it's like, yeah, you, you're able to survive long enough to get to the final boss and then you can't kill the final boss. And I'm just like, this is completely fucking stupid. Like, I don't so the know way, the way they basically designed it is you need to do expeditions up until 580 and then switch to, uh, no, you need no, to no. do chase runs, runs up until... 580 and I don't know do if it's 580, 580 or whatever it is, but yeah, th then you can, I mean, you can keep doing chest runs forever until you get to 600, which yeah, is yeah. way easier than doing a dungeon because these expeditions are actually challenging. So yeah. it was just weird to me that I got to the end and I was like, I want to do expeditions because that's the more challenging way of doing it and the more interesting way of doing it for me because you know, there's no challenge in running up with 500 other people and just shredding a zone. Like there's nothing yeah. there. You you're just you're just picking up loot. There's nothing else that you're doing. So I was yeah. very bored doing that. And I was like, I want to go do these dungeons. And then most of the dungeons I can't even get through all the way because the item re level requirements are ridiculous. And I'm just like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Um so first and foremost, I think that system sounds just completely overcomplicated for what a gearing system could be. You know, uh, and the only reason it's that complicated is to ensure that people play more. Yeah, that's it. It it it's to make sure that you play more so that you can get gear. It also sounds like it's it's completely undertuned. Um, but this is one of the reasons I hate open world content. And to be clear, I don't hate open world content. Like world bosses <laughs> and things are really cool. I love I how you just said. World. This is why I hate open world content. And to be perfectly clear. I don't hate open world content. <laughs> yeah, but I, I realized I have to explain myself. <coughs> I hate open world organized content. So a world boss isn't necessarily organized content because you can have 20 people at random just decide to attack the boss and it dies. But when you have an open world dungeon, dungeons are supposed to be working together, but at a smaller level than what raids would be, right? But you are yeah. still working together. When you have those in an open world setting, and I understand why companies like New World does this, right? Or not games like New World, companies like Amazon, uh, but why games like New World do this? What they want is that threat of PvP. So they want you to be in the dungeon, you and your four buddies, go into this dungeon and you're doing it. But at any given point in time, five other people can show up and ruin your day for you, right? Kick your shit in and take your chest. And that sucks dick. The problem is that players then find a way to cheese the living fuck out of it because it's open world and more people more better because it's tuned for five. Now, the answer to this would be, well, simply tune it to however many people are in the thing. Yeah. That's virtually impossible when you have 500 people running into it because how the fuck do you tune that? Right? <laughs> the tuning is just impossible to do there because if you as like a solo player run into this dungeon to try and help, you have a, a critter one-shotting you because the critter is also scaled up 500 times, right? So unless you're with the group, you're getting your shit kicked in yep. by literally everything. Uh, so that's a miserable experience for anyone that plays solo and isn't with the group as they're going through it. But see, the, this explains yeah. why we were talking earlier about the motivation of loot. Like, yeah. it's not particularly interesting, but everybody's still doing it. 
like all the time. You go you go to like um, a new world server. And if you see the the words, because like I didn't even knew what these words meant as I was reading them while I was leveling, because I'm like I don't know what this means. I don't care about this. But you'd see the yeah. recruitment channel, and they'll be like, "Plus imp." That basically means someone is requesting to join a group at the Imperial Palace, and what that means is basically there will be a group forming right now to join in the in the assault, and so. People organize themselves yeah. in groups mostly in case somebody dies along the way, they'll go back and they'll pick them up, right? So that mm-hmm. the groups can stay alive. But it's always groups of five. There's You can't make a group bigger than five. It just so happens that there's like 10, not 100 groups of five in there. It's like yeah. b- destroying everything along the way. But people still yeah. do it. And if you go to a any New World server, you'll see the group message constantly popping up plus imp plus mang plus mines plus uh, merc which were like the places that i've been to to do these runs and it's yeah. always popping up there's always groups running doing these things nonstop and it's just mm-hmm. weird for me because it does definitely exemplify the problem with people being more motivated about loot than anything else because for instance while i've done i don't know at this point i think 4 or 5 different strings of chest runs because I was curious to see what it was like and how much I could actually increase my loot and all that. I've barely been able to do dungeons because nobody's running the dungeons. You can get the same rewards from the dungeons, except it's more challenging. So nobody's doing them. And I'm just like, well, what the fuck? You see, but this is a game where it comes to how did you design your game? What is the core motivations for playing the game? In New World, the core motivation is gear because the entire in-game system is designed to, uh, you need gear in order to finish the system. So because gear is the main thing, people are going to choose the path of least resistance. Yeah, They're not going to choose the most fun or engaging mechanic. They're going to choose whatever is the least resistant path, and that is the chase runs. Even though the way they're doing it is incredibly degenerate, but you've, as a company, you've painted yourself into this corner of, you've made gear the way to play the game, you can't now take that away from players. Yeah. You either yeah. have to change the way the game needs to be played, and this would be by removing that incredibly convoluted system and making gear just a reward that you get for doing t- different types of content, or just continue down this road, and your game's probably going to struggle because of it. And, and here's, the, <clears throat> here's the part that I'm now going to hit you with that's going to blow your mind. So like, okay, yeah. so you're doing all these runs for loot. So eventually you're going to get like your loot and it's going to be good and whatever. It's like, no, yeah. I don't, I don't even get the loot that I actually use that way. I just go get the loot in order to trigger the expertise system that raises my item level cap because I already have item level 600 loot because I've sold stuff in the auction house while I was leveling up and yeah. I have like 50,000 gold or whatever, which I don't think is that much in that game, but yeah, uh, you can buy legendary gear for like 2,000 gold. So I just went to the auction house and I was like, well, I want a good tanking sword. I'll take this one. I want a good blunderbuss. I'll take this one. I want a tanking helmet, a tanking chest. And I bought it like at about 2,000 gold a piece. So I'm like, I'm fully geared. The problem that I have yeah. right now is because of I my expertise. No, I can wear it. But I'm All not right, taking full advantage. Yeah, it's, it's downscaled to my expertise yeah. levels. So I'm just doing these things in order to upgrade my gear. And in reality, all I actually want to do is fucking expeditions 
but I can't because despite doing all of these chest runs, I'm still not strong enough to go beat the bosses. And I'm just like, this is dumb. Like what? Yeah. How, it, how is there not a progression like path through system. expeditions? Like there should be a progression path through expeditions that would lead yeah. you into the, the thing. It, it's incredibly weird. So I, I don't get it. Sounds it. like just a, an overcomplicated system that could be simplified probably to make it better for, for players. Yeah, because, I, I, yeah, this seems like a system that some beautiful mind motherfucker thought up. But here's, here's uh, the thing. And, you know. I'm, not, I'm not even against the chest runs. It's like, because I understand some people just want to do chest runs. They don't want to put in the effort to do the expedition. What surprises me is the amount of people that there, there's, there's almost no people that want to do dungeons. Like the last story quest is a dungeon mm -hmm. and I haven't been able to do it yet. Despite the fact that I got to the end of that dungeon and the boss was one-shotting me. And I was like, I'm sorry guys. There's, I, I didn't know because I was able mm -hmm. to progress through all of these bosses in this dungeon right up until the end. I would not have expected that the final boss just one-shots me and there's nothing I can do about it. It kind of sucks. I think that's a problem in yeah. design, but you know, it definitely is. It, I it, mean, it's yeah. It, it sounds like it's a scaling issue. They yeah. they have some weird scaling bullshit going on. But then also just the open world stuff. Uh, the option here that I can sort of off the top of my head think of that you could do while still keeping that PvP thing alive is. Uh, you make all of these open world dungeons instanced, right? They're still in the open world, but they are instanced. If you're five people running into that zone, you phase into that new no, dungeon I zone. Don't, I don't think you can do that. You, just hear me out. And then you open five more slots, okay? So you have five people that's now inside this. They're phased into it, so they don't see anyone else, except if another group of five people run in there. So these two groups can now see each other. There's 10 people basically in this thing. So if, if another group wanted to join this thing and they want to kick your shit in because they want the chase, you guys you can have that race. You can't do that because PvP is toggleable. Well, I mean, if it's untoggled, so let's say you decide I don't want to do anything with open world PvP, then you as your five people just phase into that open world and it's an open world dungeon, right? It's the same yeah. as a normal dungeon, a normal expedition. No one can join. It's just you five. But basically, you stop those groups of 100 people zoning in there and just fucking running but a month think, in there. I think that fundamentally, it's just a different culture in your world. And I, don't, I kind of don't mm -hmm. feel like I want to take that away. It's like, look, whatever. If this is what you want to do, this is fine. I just think that there needs to be a path of progression for people that want to do it with expeditions. And I kind of feel like currently there isn't. Like, it's very See, hard that, for you to go do an expedition but, with the current level of gear without doing chest runs yeah. first and actually surviving mm -hmm. that dungeon. You see, the reason I would not, in this instance, give a fuck about the culture is because the culture is also destructive to anyone that doesn't adhere to it. Yeah. So people that want a challenge but would actually prefer to do the open world things because, you know, there's some really cool maybe maybe cool locations and cool locales and cool zones that you can actually do, but they don't want to because it's just, it's so easy with a hundred people. So they don't do it. So they're forced to do the other one, I which mean, is the expeditions. You can, you can still do it. The problem is trying to find four other people to go in there with you. Like you need to have a pre-made group because otherwise you're not going to be able mm -hmm. to do it. It's just that simple. 
Uh, yeah. Because, you know, most of the people, they're going to, again, take the path of least resistance. They're just going to team up. Hey, let's go. Fucking 100 players yeah. tour through this area. Destroy everything. Like, here's the interesting part. I don't even know what the route is. I just follow the Zerg. Like, yeah. I don't even know how to navigate those areas properly. I'm just following everybody else as they're just like cleaving a path of destruction through the zone. Right? But you see, this is why I said you need to change that because <laughs> it's clearly not what you design. It's, and it's not even that this is what players want. Actually, it, it's that this is the optimal thing to do I because yeah. of the system that you designed. Yeah. I didn't even think about the PVP thing because I've had PVP off for so long that I'm just like, whatever. But mm -hmm. initially, the game was designed as a PvP experience, and in that sense, the open world uh, locations make do make sense because, like, yeah, you know, everybody knows this was going to be a hardcore PvP game, right? And in that yeah. sense, it makes sense because there would be competition over who gets to resources. get the resources of that zone, and yeah. in there, it makes sense. But in the current PV setting that people play, it makes no sense whatsoever because just like yeah, there's no need for through it. there, yeah. Exactly. You, you could absolutely instance those. Yeah, you could absolutely instance those. And so in other words, even if you were a hundred groups of five, that would just mean that there's a hundred groups that's going through at five man. Yeah. Right? You don't even see the other people there. It's just you and your group going through this thing, clearing it out, fighting the bosses, having that experience. And it I think it's an interesting uh, idea. I've I've said for a while now. Uh, I told you the other day, Firelands was one of my favorite raids of all time, just because it had that open world feeling to it. You know, mm. there were there were no walls, there were no rooms. It was just this giant open area, and you could see the mobs and the bosses in the fucking distance. You could see it. It was such a cool thing. Um, and open world dungeons in WoW it would work. You know, if you if you go into some of those cool areas. And it is an open world dungeon. Um, it makes sense. The problem is, in a lot of cases, so there's a couple of areas in WoW that could very easily become that. If you go to Bastion, right, and you go right to the top of the map in Bastion, there's a world boss that can spawn there. I don't know if you know, you should know what I'm talking about. But there's like, uh, it's like this giant palace looking thing, right, with terraces and, and circular yeah. terraces. I know where it is. And all of the mobs there are elite. Right, it's all elite mobs. So it's clear that that was kind of meant as a very high-level, group-oriented place. Right, you wanted to go in there with one or two other people, just because those elites can oftentimes hit quite fucking hard, especially if you're not fully geared. That area could have been such a cool open-world, quote-unquote, dungeon slash raid. Right, where you work your way to this final boss, and you and five other people have to take that final boss down. Right or even you and 20 other people. The problem is it's open world. So what happens is, whenever that boss is up, you just follow the group, because they're going to kill all the mobs exactly. all the way to the boss, and then all you do is, as, as a warlock, what I do, I just throw one dot on the world boss, and then I run and I just stand there. Yep. They're not going to deal with all that fucking lag. So I just stand there and wait for the boss to die, and then, you know, I pop loot. my loot, and I fuck off. Yeah. Because, you know, why the that, hell would I do anything much else? That's pretty much what people do in chess runs. But yeah, that's the, the problem that I yeah. kind of ran into um, in expeditions. But then there was yeah. another thing that was uh, a problem for me in New World. And that is, as you know, I like tanking. I'm big into yeah. tanking. I love tanking. I think tanking is one of the most interesting things. 
And yeah. in New World, I think that they need to do something about tanking because tanking, at least from what I've experienced, and please correct me, more experienced uh, New World players, if this is not the case. My experience in tanking is that basically what you do is you, you taunt and then you hold block. And that's it. Because the moment you stop blocking, the boss will fucking destroy you. At least at my current item uh, level. Like, okay. if I stop blocking, like, the boss will backhand me so hard, it's like half of my health. Like, the, I've even had people, because, like, I was trying to weave in as much damage as I could possibly do in a dungeon, mm -hmm. and I ended up dying. And I specifically yeah. had people tell me, listen, bro, we have damage. Just block. Just taunt and block. And I was like, oh, God. This is terrible. Like, is, is this yeah, what, what they think? horrible fucking experience. Is this what they think tanking is? This is so bad. Like, and, and on top of it, as the tank, because you're the one that's always getting slapped around. So the way that it works mm -hmm. in New World is whenever you get hit, like your character actually staggers because it's like yeah. action combat. So as the tank, you're constantly staggering, falling to the ground, being CC'd in all different kinds of ways. And I was like, mm -hmm. bro, what is this? And... The, and here's the thing, because I had made a build because I'm like, you know, I'm a good tank. I know how to block. I know how to do things. I know how to use my cooldowns, all this bullshit. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to make a build that allows me to survive through my skills and then also buff everybody else's damage because there's a, yeah. a build and an ability in the sword and shield tree that just straight up increases everyone's damage around you by 10%. If you just Easy. take that one skill, I was like, dude, this is awesome. So I'm taking that, and the problem is that limits my blocking a little bit, but I'm like, oh, this is fine. You know, I can block, and you know, I'll take a couple of hits. The problem is, at the level that I was playing, you can't get hit. In those level 60 dungeons, you just can't get hit. You get hit once, 20% yeah. health. And it's like the healers have very strict cooldowns, so if they, like, mm -hmm. miss one spell or they heal the wrong person at the wrong time, that's it. So as the tank, you have to basically focus on surviving. And I was like... Okay, I get it. That's that's cool. I'll focus on surviving and all that. But surviving is basically okay. Just sit there with your shield up the whole fucking time and do nothing. And I was like, bro, what is this? Like, at least let me like weave wow. my blunderbuss or some other ability in there. And it's, every now and then I did it. But a lot of the times that I did it, even if it felt like it was safe, I would get punished mm -hmm. instantly. Like, boom, down to forty percent health. I was like, fuck. So it's like See, people, this is people would actually just tell you, just block, just block, just block, just block. And I'm just like. Bro, this this can't be tanking. Like this is this is not cool. But this is why I told you they've gone, in my opinion, the wrong way with it. Because they wanted to do action combat Elden Ring Dark Souls-esque kind of game. But that's not what they did. Because okay, so when you play Elden Ring and you, you come up against the boss, the boss doesn't do attack, 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 attack just fucking yeah. the whole time. It goes through very specific rotations. that give you openings, yeah. And yeah, you have to... The, the trick is to weave damage in between attacks. Most of the time, you don't want to block the attacks. You want to dodge the attacks so that you can attack again. If you do go the sword and board style, then blocking becomes op an option. But even then, a lot of it is still knowing what attacks can be blocked, what attacks should absolutely not be blocked, what can be parried, what can't be parried, when to attack, when not to attack. But when you go to the mobs uh, 
and I didn't even do a lot of the dungeons or expeditions in New World. I'm just looking at the mobs. The mobs don't do that. It, it nope. isn't a case of, um, okay, so I attack, and then you have a couple of seconds, and then I attack again, and then you have a, it just goes. So either you block the whole time and take no damage, or you take the damage and you just beat the fucking thing down before it yeah. can kill you. That is sort of your goal. That is not action combat. Yes, you have all the, the, the mechanics of action combat, but you don't have the mob and boss design of action combat. Yeah, that, that, that was definitely one of the things that I felt when I was wailing on bosses. And I was trying yeah. to analyze their patterns, and it was really weird because they do have certain attacks where you're like, okay, this attack is clearly an opening, so like I'll get the opening. The problem was sometimes you'd get that same attack that you're like, this is an opening, and the boss would just turn around and fucking slap you out of nowhere. And I was like, bro, what is this? This, was, this has been an opening every single time he's done it, and now that I'm countering it, I get slapped for like half of my health. It's like, what is this? Yeah. It's so weird. It should never, like, if they wanted to do it right, tank should not even have had the taunt option. It should be a tank playstyle, but effectively, uh, you do enough damage so that the thing fucking targets you, right? And if you do have a taunt, it's something like a shield slam, right? So Shield Slam has a sort of, it forces the boss on you. Yeah. But everyone is dodging constantly because it is action combat. Yeah, that's... It's not a case of tank stance there, fucking block, 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 and everyone else is like, just fucking hammering into it because where's the action combat? No, but that that still happens. Like, people still have to dodge mechanics and bosses and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just incredibly hectic it's just really weird and i was i was actually watching like speed runs of mutated runs and whatnot and i think i've even mm -hmm. seen somewhere there there wasn't even a tank they just zerged shit so fast and all of them with like the same weapon because it's like just spear and hatchet or whatever deals the most damage so they would just go in right. there and just like literally destroy the boss in seconds everybody's just like hatcheting it down and the healer just like spam and heals everybody taking massive damage just like nope die and the go out the next boss oh die and i was like bro what is this <laughs> it is just doesn't weird. sound i still think because i want to go back to uh new world i want to give it another yeah. try but it just doesn't sound like they have it down it doesn't sound like they I, have i don't think they do yet like i'm gonna i'm gonna check out the brimstone sand thing eventually mm -hmm. but like yeah it was, it was, New World was something where I was having a lot of fun until I got to max level, which is everybody's like, oh, it begins at max level, blah, blah, max level. The second I got to max level and I was like, okay, here's the expertise system. I need to go do these dungeons, which I wanted to, because I want to do the mutated dungeons because it's like Mythic Plus. And I was like, yeah. this is what I want to do. But the second I realized how I was going to have to go about upgrading my gear, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, wow. Oof. That is not good. They're like, I don't want to be doing yeah. chest runs like not being challenged at all nonstop while being AFK. You, you can basically yeah. AFK through that shit and just loot the chests. It's terrible. I don't like it. I get that some people like it and, you know, they don't want to take the game seriously and they just want to be like, oh, I just want to do these chest runs and get my gear that way. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I just feel like for people that are looking for more of a challenge, there should be a clear progression path. That's the way that I look. Yeah, at it. I, I can agree with that. I, I, I would be one of those people as well. I don't want the easy shit. I, I want to actually be able to play the game. Yeah, but 
we'll see how it pans out with the Brimstone Sands update. Plus, there's Savage Dungeons coming to Final Fantasy fourteen. Plus, potentially the uh, the Dragonflight pre patch. When are you going back in for Dragonflight? Um, probably around pre patch. I, I think that's a good time for me to get back in there. Um, so I'm I'm assuming uh, around the twentieth, twenty first, I'll probably resub. Um, and then yeah, we'll see how that goes. because uh, I'm honestly. I have no interest in playing Zerith Motors, especially now, uh, because I've been making so I've been writing so many fucking scripts for the lore. I have I have gone through every single quest that there is in Zerith Motors already from a lore perspective, right? I read every single one of the quests. Uh, I read all of the voice lines for all of the bosses and the mobs uh, in Zerith Motors. So I kind of feel like I've already played Zerith Motors, even though. I've never set foot in there. So I don't think I want to go back for Zerith Mortis. Um, I'll play Zerith Mortis as soon as pre-patch comes out. Because pre-patch is usually like an hour, maybe two hours of stuff to do every day. And then the rest of the time, I'll quickly finish all of the Zerith Mortis stuff. Um, and then hopefully get into Dragonflight. And I fucking hope it's good because... Bro, when are you going back, by the way? I'm thinking about going back this week because I wanted to go in like two weeks before the pre-patch, give or take, to kind of right. acclimate yourself so that you can see what state the game is in now and yeah. then see what it feels like after the pre-patch. I don't know if the UI improvements are coming in with the pre-patch or not. It but should. I'm, it should. Yeah, but I basically want to like go in at some point this week and just be super casual, not even give a fuck about it. And then eventually, yeah. when the pre-patch hits, then start working away at it. I might hit it up this weekend, just as a sort of like offline. Just go back and do it a bit offline, because I don't think I'll stream WoW at least not until Dragonflight comes out. Um, just because my streams don't really work that way, you know. Uh, yeah. For my streams, I tend to react to stuff, and WoW it won't really work. Uh, playing wild that way so yeah um yeah for me that's sort of my thing right now i'm just waiting just waiting for a while to i don't know it's weird because i go through i don't know I, I go through weird moments in time with this shit we'll have to see we'll have to see how it pans out but anyway guys that is going to be it for today's podcast you guys enjoyed it hit it up with a like i'm sorry about my terrible voice or maybe sexy voice maybe some people have enjoyed that but uh, uh hit up the like <laughs> button subscribe bell notification icon links to all of akalon's things in the description and we'll see you guys in the next one stay strong stay safe peace out peace